um what we're doing oh we're doing a podcast yes <laughs> i swear i have notes okay I, I i i have i have quite a few notes on lord of war but not as many on lesson not any like barely any at all on lesson translation okay yeah both of these films i was i guess enwrapped in them i don't know because i started watching and then i forgot to take notes so that's what happened to me I, I, well, Lost in Translation is actually one of my favorites. Mm-hmm. Okay. okay um, hold on. Yeah. Hold yeah. Hold no, on. we can't. Hold on. Hold on. We'll just cut that part in. Yes. Yeah. I'll probably just, you know, stick the, the little bit at the beginning because mm-hmm. I do that every once in a while and then do whatever. And yes, it's fine. But I'm like, I don't want to get too far into this before we start officially. Yeah. Talking. No, we, I mean, I, I assume that when we're dead, it'll be dark. Yes. And. <laughs> <laughs> Uh yes. Uh yeah, but yeah, okay. Let me just start before I say anything else or else I'm going to get into discussion. This episode of Off My Shelf contains coarse language and adult conversation. Listener discretion is advised. My name is Tracy James and welcome to Off My Shelf, a podcast about movies that are, well, Off My Shelf, where we go through my DVDs and talk about the movies in my collection. In this episode, Josh Ratcliffe joins me in talking about two moody films from the early 2000s with Lord of War and Lost in Translation. Welcome! Hey! Thanks for um, having me back. Uh, yes, um, I think these are two perfect movies for you to show me up on your <laughs> cinematic knowledge. Um, so I'm probably going to be quiet most of the time as you pontificate about how <laughs> scenes work. And I'm kind of okay with it because I did not take that many notes. Okay. Because yeah. watching both of these movies, I was just like, it starts off pretty well. I'm sitting there watching and then I just get lost in the story and then the movie's finished and I was like, shit. Okay. <laughs> so there yeah. we go. That's well, I mean, on the, on the note of me just going off, I actually didn't want to do the Lord of the Rings episode because I didn't have nine hours to spare. <laughs> okay. Because yes. uh, like, I think we talked about Kill Bill for three. Yes. <laughs> three yes, plus. Mm-hmm. Um, so man, like Lord of the Rings, like we go longer than the movie. So like, if we talk about Lord of the Rings, it's going to go on. And I don't even know that much about Lord of the Rings. <laughs> to be honest, the I think the final episode ended up being like two hours and 48 minutes. Which is shorter than the theatrical release of the first movie. There you go. So that was a you pretty short episode for that you one. Hit the, I was, you hit the you hit the finish line. We did, we did. Um, so I was kind of shocked at that aspect of it, um, and I just bitched the whole time that I spent an additional twelve hours um, <laughs> watching these movies, and then I had to talk about it, and then I had to edit it, and I was just like, "Holy shit! I'm never doing Lord of the Rings ever again." <laughs> That's it. Um, so I'm surprised. Well, I'll just I put away all my now. Lord of the Rings notes. <laughs> this is where you were wrong on that episode. <laughs> I'm like, the ends are cool and they're like this because of this reason. I'm like, they suck. <laughs> Get over it. No, I took a, I took a few notes on on Lord of War. I know Lost in Translation very well. It's actually one of my my favorite movies ever. Mm-hmm. Um, 
although I, it, it has some problematic areas that I'm sure we will discuss uh, ages, when the time comes. Example? Yes, that is one of them. Um, <laughs> ages, races, all that fun stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. Yeah, you know, I'm just going to get right into it because so Lord of War, like, okay, let me start this again. Mm-hmm. Uh, last weekend, I watched the the unbearable weight of massive talent, and it is one of those movies where you're sitting there thinking to yourself, why is this the greatest movie ever made? But also, why is it such garbage at the same time? Right. <laughs> and this is that explains all of Nicolas Cage's career, like his whole career. And in 2005, he released both the movies, Lord of War and Weatherman, which to me are two of his best films because they are just great on two very different levels. Like they're weird and they're interesting and they're good character studies and they're great backgrounds and all of that kind of stuff. But the problem with Lord of War is that it destroys your soul. But it's about him losing his soul pretty much. And yeah, I don't know. The movie he did before this was National Treasure. Like, what? <laughs> you know? Okay, here's the thing. I actually really like uh, National Treasure. Oh, God. It's really stupid. It's, <laughs> it's so really stupid. dumb. It's so dumb. But like, in this, but like, what if, yeah, it's like, what if Indiana Jones didn't have a passport? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Uh, yeah, we couldn't get a we couldn't get a world map. We'll just have the U.S. map, and he'll like just have the plane go around there. Exactly. He's like, I need to go to other countries to do archaeology things. You're crazy. <laughs> like, but like, it, yeah, no, that movie is a is a brilliant cacophony of dumb. Um, uh-huh. Doesn't isn't John Voight his dad too? Yes, which is uh. weird because he also played the dad in um, Tomb Raider. Which <laughs> he is actually Angelina's dad, but I, I was just like, that. I was like, pick a weird archaeology like action person to be father of. Just pick one, just one. Yeah. Yes. I mean, the base that's also basically the same thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I have to admit, starting watching Lord of War, Lord of War is one of those movies that I will praise and say very good things about, but it's not a movie I like to watch. Well, I mean, I, I think it runs into some similar problems that Lost in Translation does with race. Um, there, the the portrayal of Africa is quite troubling in mm-hmm. this movie. I, yeah. I I found this is the first time I've seen it. I had never seen it before. What you'd never seen? Yeah. It okay, okay. I'd never seen it before. This was this. I was a virgin watch on this one. Okay. Um, I'm so very these excited are, to hear what you have to say. Then, oh my god. Okay. I mean, it was. Yeah, it was. There was a couple bumps. I'm not a. Who is Jared Leto though? Like I, I, I I'm aware of him as a person. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know him as the guy from Requiem for a Dream. Mm-hmm. Um, it seems odd that he's had such a career after that, okay. of being the, these kind of like in these mainstream movies, and in this one he's kind of doing the same thing as Requiem, right? Um, on a very PC level, he's doing it yeah. surprisingly um, because Marketing for a Dream is so in depth into the whole like drug thing. Mm-hmm. But the whole the the reason the drug thing happens in this movie is for a quote unquote 
I, I don't know. I can't call it a good reason, but it's hmm. it's because he he is having a problem with his moral compass and he is trying to find a way to justify what he's doing and the drugs help him do that. Right. So as soon as he gets off the drugs, spoiler alert, he does he does the right thing and gets himself killed. Yeah. Um, so I think I think that's really what it is. I, I found this movie to be rather wild. It was a crazy movie, mm-hmm. um, starting with the fact that I believe a 40 some year old Nicolas Cage plays himself as like a 20 year old baby. Yeah. <laughs> like at the beginning <laughs> of the movie, like he never changes ages. And this movie takes place over 25 years. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> well, they did the classic thing when he's young, his hair is combed forward. So he's like pseudo man bangs. <laughs> and then later on, it's combed back. So he's an adult now. So, well, what's funny yeah. is like we just we we I also saw the the new his new one. Mm-hmm. Um, um, and a spoiler, he, he talks to himself as a younger person in that movie. Um, bigger spoiler, he makes out with himself, his younger <laughs> self in the movie, <laughs> which is one of the best scenes I've yeah. ever seen in my life. Yeah. yeah. But like it, it, in my head, I was kind of like, I really want them to do the weird face replacing thing in this movie, even though that technology did not exist in five. Yes. I'm like, why didn't they get the old Nicolas Cage to do it? <laughs> Oh, it would have been amazing. Uh, but I love, I loved it. Anyways, yes, uh, yes. Um, I was gonna say Nick Cage is sort of a genre, right? Like he is, and he does go pretty big a couple times in here. Not as big as he goes in like, uh, like the one like Vampires Kiss or um, Bring Out Bring Out the Dead, yeah, or anything like that, yeah, or Bad Lieutenant. Oh, Bad Lieutenant Two, Port of Call, New Orleans. Yes, <laughs> yes, the Iguana Cam. <laughs> God, I must admit, I've only seen clips of that movie and I cannot bring myself to watch that whole movie because I don't. I saw that at the Toronto International Film Festival um, with the director present. Oh, wow. It's amazing. I believe it. His quote was um, about directing Nicolas Cage. He said, sometimes I said, just let the hog loose. (laughs) I believe it. I believe (laughs) all of that. Yes. I don't think you have to tell Nicolas Cage to do much and he'll just go nuts. I, like, I've actually heard that he's a, an inc- like incredible on set. Like mm-hmm. he's is a consummate professional. Um, he'll do he'll work really hard with the directors and do exactly what they want him to do in a different way than he's done before. And is just great to be around, apparently. That's good to know. He's not an asshole. That's always good to know. Yeah. Yeah. I heard that from the directors of. Uh, Ghost Rider 2. Oh, my God. Yeah. I'm glad you heard it from someone directly who was involved in a work of, let's put quotes around this, art. Honey, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Blaze goes nuts in that, though. <laughs> yeah, he does. I mean, I've only seen maybe 20 minutes of Ghost Rider altogether. Again, another movie that I'm just like, I can't, I can't, I can't do this. Like, it's just, it's just, it's too far. Like, and it's not cheesy in a good way it's just bad like it's just huh. bad like, is no. knowing that's that's a nicholas cage one right yes that one's nuts i love that one is the one i love that's nuts oh really it goes real crazy okay i disagree but all right um i, <laughs> I mean it's ro- awful <laughs> it's completely <Okay>. terrible <laughs> yeah, 100%. Like, like when when both of us say any nick 
Nick Cage movie is crazy. That doesn't mean it's good. No. no, 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 no. That's not what we're getting at. Um, I think the best review of a Nick Cage movie I've ever read was for Bangkok Dangerous. And the review said, fuck you. And that was it. That was the whole <laughs> review. And I was like, this is the greatest review I've ever seen. I will never watch this movie, but that is the greatest review I've ever seen. Yeah, no, uh, we're going to go off on a tangent already. Um, there, There's a, a music review website that uh, Pitchfork, which is it's quite big now. Um, okay. But when I used to read it about 15, 20 years ago, uh, they were super snarky and okay. it was great. Um, the best one is you remember that band Jet? I'm going to say no. Yeah, they're sort of like a, they have songs that sound a lot like there's their big one sounds a lot like Lust for Life, like the, the Iggy Pop song. Oh, Iggy Pop. Okay. Like they, they sort of like stole a bunch of stuff for a bunch of people. Mm-hmm. Um, but every time they would they would put up the, every time Pitchfork would review them, it would just be it would not even be a review. Um, one of them was uh, like a fake conversation between the band and their tour manager and asking why the fans keep booing them. <laughs> OK, yeah, yeah. And then another one uh, for the follow up album was just uh, a YouTube video that when you clicked on it, it was a monkey peeing into its own mouth. <laughs> The only uh, thing, the only, the only <laughs> part of the review. That's it. You just open up. That's it. I mean, that's equivalent to fuck you. So yeah, I, pretty I much. Get it. I get it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yep. I, but I think especially with music, I think music is even more subjective than film or writing, like listening to it. Cause it's about, it's more about like, it's not just the words or the beat. It's how you, it makes you feel. And if it makes you feel good, you like it. Or if you yeah. hear the lyrics and you, even though the music is bad, like the actual like instruments and sound is bad, if the lyrics are great and you just get into it, then you're like, this is good music to you. Um, I am not defending Jets. Don't, that, that is not what I'm doing right now. All I'm saying is I think music is much more subjective than film or, or some other arts. Sure. I mean, that's, that's part of why they were so fun to be so snarky. <laughs> <laughs> Like, who cares? I think they gave a 0.1 or something to like a Sonic Youth album. Oh, my God. And then and then like the and then I think I read something like with the the guy that wrote the review later. He's like, oh, yeah, I was just in a bad mood. I like that album now. <laughs> yeah, no, it's just like they sort of knew how dumb everything was. Like it was sort of based on how stupid the whole thing is. Yeah. Um, but they became like a giant mega corporate. They're owned by Condé Nast now. So. Oh, wow. OK, somebody got some money out of that. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, Ryan Schreiber that- did. Yeah. Hopefully that <laughs> putting happens him to on me blast. one day. Yeah. <laughs> That'll be great. Um, OK, OK. I'm going to bring it back. I'm going to bring it back. I'm going to bring okay. it back. All right. Yes. This I find I find this movie. Actually, the next movie, too, is going to be very tangent heavy simply because I have lots of stories. Um, especially about uh, Lost in Translation. But Lord of War, there's just so much stuff, especially about the time period and also about what's actually like politically going on right now. It seemed very relevant as well as I was watching it. And Well, I I was looking at where the Donbass region was in the map uh, of Ukraine made out of cocaine. Yeah. (laughs) It's going, did he include the Donbass or no? (laughs) I'm very happy about it. What's Harkin doing today? (laughs) Yeah. 
I know. As soon as he's like, we're Ukrainian, I'm like, ooh, political. <laughs> um, but also they were talking about them leaving all their equipment in the USSR and stuff as, as the wall fell. And I was like, didn't they just do that in Afghanistan? Yeah, they left $7 billion worth of weapons over there. Weapons, vehicles, and surveillance equipment. Yes. Yeah, I mean, the, I, I did find the stuff uh, about like drug, tra- not drug trade, a gun trade to be actually kind of interesting because I, mm-hmm. I think that it is probably pretty close to what really happens just because it's so like chaotic you know like it feels like that's probably really how it goes where it's just like yeah no one really knows how any of this stuff works and people are able to exploit the system really easily yeah because Um, nobody after it's like made and shipped out surprisingly nobody's keeping track of these things that are destructive and they also mentioned in there that like like the the dangerous thing is really the guns, whereas people pay attention to like the big things, like the nuclear weapons and and that kind of arsenal. Whereas most of those don't don't ever do anything. They're just in a hole and nobody's beside a button. Whereas mm. a gun, everybody's got a gun and everybody's shooting everybody. So yeah, what was the what was the th- the statistic that it used that it was like one in every four people in the world or something has a gun? Yeah, or there's enough guns thing. for one in four people. I wouldn't uh, be surprised. Yeah, probably. Uh, I don't I don't think I know anybody that owns a gun. Um, I do not own a gun. Um, Yeah, but like you may not own a gun and like 10 people, you know, may not own a gun. But there's some guy in a in a shack somewhere that has like 85 guns. So it balances. Yeah, Yeah, no, I saw them on the news on January 6th. Yes, yes. We saw many of them. It was those guys. Those guys. I, I don't know how they were all wearing camo. I don't know how I picked up on them being there. They're like, but, why is what why what are these cops scared of? There's nobody there. Yeah, why are there so many trees entering the Capitol? <laughs> yeah, it's the ends from Lord of the Rings. <laughs> Again. Okay. It would I'm have been a lot it would have been a lot slower. That's it true. Have, it would have taken them a lot longer to get in. Get it. They probably still be discussing which door they have to walk in or something. That's mm-hmm. yeah. Was it something? Was it something like it to t- to say one word in ent language? It takes like forty minutes or something. something Isn't there some? That. Yeah. Like, um, something. And I didn't even watch these. I didn't even <laughs> watch them for this. No, I'm glad you didn't. Please don't. You don't have to. It's fine. Yep. Um, I am surprised I haven't gotten any hate mail as yet, or maybe I just haven't checked my email for it yet. We'll see. It's fine. <laughs> um, anyways, besides the ends taking over the Capitol. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Well, okay. So this was your first viewing of this movie. Mm. Like, did you like it? Um, I wasn't huge on it. Uh, I'll say uh, I, I got a little bit bogged down in, in maybe some of the minutia. Um, yeah. I, I also was kind of thinking as I was watching it, I think I would have preferred it if it was more episodic than it was. Yeah. Because it, it is quite episodic to start. Like it jumps around, it jumps forward in time several times. And I kind of want them to have almost no through line. Like I wanted each part to just be like one event. There was parts that I liked. I thought the stuff um, with the boat was fun. The, the, like the stuff at the beginning where they had to change the name of the boat. I thought that was fun and silly. Yeah, I have a note um, on that too. And um and and but like a lot of them were, were kind of silly characters, like the the Interpol agent, Agent Jack Valentine. <laughs> yes. And um I wrote down that it sounds like a Resident Evil character. <laughs> really Resident Evil? What was oh. I thinking of? Well Jill Valentine. 
a character in Resident Evil. Oh, okay. That makes sense. That was then. very yeah. close to that. So it's her brother, I guess, chasing yeah. down. See, I was runners. thinking it was like the English version of a name of a character in an anime. Okay. Yeah. Nope. That, <laughs> where, that works too. That works too. It's one of those games that's like so masculine yeah. somehow. Yeah. <laughs> like it's, it sounds like the name is punching you in the face. Yes. It, like it's just, it's like a lot, you know, yeah. just like, look at me. And um, he's a terrible cop. He's like, very bad. He is. It's, it's, have you seen um, Now You See Me? I have not. No. Um, so Mark Ruffalo is a cop in that. And there's a, a scene where they put the, the tracker bug that he's using onto him. And he chases himself for about 15 minutes. How does he not realize it's himself? Exactly. It's okay. really silly. And he, at the end of it, he gets all mad. and goes, I was chasing myself. <laughs> it just seems like a waste it's of It's the time. same thing. Like, it's it's every time, uh, like, Jack Valentine is like, oh, I got him this time. Mm-hmm. And it's like, he just got it. It's like, no, I have papers for the potatoes. Yeah. And he's like, ah, you got me. <laughs> but also, if he was good at his job, he would, you know, go in and check the potatoes, no matter how yeah. sticky they are. Like, that's his job. <laughs> He's like, I don't like the smell. Yeah, and walks away. <laughs> I don't know. But I think actually the thing that, I think he was actually contemplating going in there, but then they got the call saying, we saw the crystal over that way. And that's the thing <laughs> that actually made them leave. But yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's it's also, it's it's a, true, it's a weird movie because there's so few people in it. Yes. Like I, I, I was thinking the whole time, like I know at the beginning he's like starting up and like doing all the legwork, but even by the end when he's in like limos and things, he's still the one carrying the guns. Mm-hmm. Like I was like, why don't you hire people? Like I've have you seen any mafia movie? They don't do their own work. Well, he says that he doesn't trust anybody besides his brother. Right. Um, especially when he gets into business with that African dude. Right. And he's like, I don't want anybody touching nothing. I'm going to do everything myself and make sure these things happen. But also, I think because he became so good at smuggling himself, he didn't trust other people to smuggle for him because he thinks if they got caught, they just get caught and he'd be in trouble. I also. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, there's also only one Interpol agent. It's always Ethan Hawke. Yes. Uh, He's like, I got you this time. And he's like, no, you didn't. (laughs) That's, now, the, that's every time <laughs> that I think about it. Every time he just goes, nah. <laughs> <laughs> I know he's so, but like, he's so, what's his name in the movie? Yuri? Yuri so, Orlov. Yeah, he's so down. smarmy throughout the whole movie that I'm like, but you're not charming enough to get away with this stuff. Like, I just didn't understand, you know, what made everybody be like, I'm going to trust this guy. I didn't find there was anything. Maybe it's because we have the background of it and we know he's lying. Maybe that's why. But he didn't. I don't find he came across as like suave, like suave enough or like he was well spoken, I guess. And I guess he could put spins on things. But even a good spin artist, if you're not like, you know, charming, people are just going to be like, ew. Yeah, I mean, he, he I think it's part of that. He's he seems very knowledgeable about the product. He did read the instruction booklet. For the Uzi. He did. The fact that there's an Uzi instruction booklet made me laugh really hard. <laughs> well, there's like, which end do I? Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. That makes sense. Oh, point it that way? Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy, that was close. That could have gone very poorly. <laughs> yes. uh, yeah, I don't know. 
And he did talk a lot about the AK-47, which I thought was very interesting, actually, because yeah. I didn't know, like, it's, where it's the AK you, stuff comes from. It's it's when you um, absolutely have to blow every motherfucker away. Yeah. AK-47. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was very disturbing. Yeah. Also, the scene at the, like, the, the international, like, gun show or whatever, where they had, like, you know, pretty chicks on a tank walking back and forth. And I'm just like really yeah this is what we're yeah. doing that was it was yeah there's a lot of that in this yes. um i i don't want to <laughs> i don't want to come off as, as something weird i found the nudity in this movie to be very odd because it was always gross it was i mean always. it was always gross yes yeah. um f- for sure it was definitely gratuitous completely unnecessary yeah what what struck me as odd though is how quick each one of them were there was like a couple where it was just like Oh, wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> so, like, it feels like it should be in there for titillation, but they don't want to do that. And so they just have it to fill. It feels like they were fulfilling a quota. Like, they needed to have five nipples in it. <laughs> and so there's like, okay, well, we need an odd one. Let's have half that girl's dress fall off for a split second. Yeah, for no reason. Like, for no, no reason. reason at all. Yes. Because <laughs> she walked into the room and the dress was fitting her just fine. Yeah. But when she left the room for some reason, here's a boob. And you're like, yeah. What? No. I, I could tell you that if you're on a on a set of a movie and there's a dress that is at all like moving, they will tape that to that person. Yes. So yes, it will. will not move. Yeah, I have uh, been on those. They did sets. not. Yeah, they they did that girl dirty. They did. <laughs> they did. <laughs> um, but I think like part of it, like about half of those scenes were really just to show how gross everything is. Like they're just like adding that extra gross, uncomfortable level that you know a good person, a quote unquote good person who is a is, who's also a functioning part of our society and who lives within the rules would not be in that environment kind of thing i think yeah uh yeah it's it's yeah the the stuff with women in this movie is is pretty troublesome Uh, well they're objects they're things to be had well yeah and and i mean he pursues this it's did they go to high school together or junior high school together or something no they lived in the same neighborhood and that's it as if i remember correctly yeah they lived in the same neighborhood and she lived like down the street and she was like a beauty queen or something. So she right. knew about him. And like the, the you, like the earliest shot of her, you see, she's like waving on her little, you know, thing. And she like won some oh, okay. contest. Right. Yeah. Okay. Um, so it's, it, she, he didn't like know her. He didn't. Oh, okay. It was, it wasn't like a, we went to school together and she didn't know my name. As far as I could tell by what he said, there was more along the lines of, I know of this woman, she lives in my neighborhood. I'm obsessed with her kind of thing. Yeah. So um, the, his, the, his way of courting her is to, he hires her for a fake photo shoot. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the photographer doesn't show up because of a fake hurricane, which by the way, why would you say use hurricane? <laughs> it was like, no idea. It would like be using an, it's like using a natural disaster to come. It's like, I think I would have, nah, you wouldn't have heard about it. Yeah. <laughs> I love the fact that she's like, but the weather seems fine on my, <laughs> when I checked and he's like, oh, you might not have what? Oh. You know how quick hurricanes form? They never see them coming. No, they're a long distance away. And yes. then I think the weirdest moment, one of the weirdest moments of this movie is when, 
he goes, well, I could take your picture. And he takes out a camera and starts taking pictures of her. And I'm like, that is the weirdest thing I've ever seen a person do. That yeah. that is that I, should not have worked. <laughs> to be honest, the, the whole encounter should not have worked and was weird and uncomfortable. Yeah. Because honestly, if I was stuck somewhere and he was the only person there and he kept giving me weird eyes and stuff, I would honestly switch seats so I wouldn't have to face him. Yeah, I mean, if, if this is sort of like a taxi driver thing where he's just like obsessed with this woman from afar. Yes. Yeah. Um, and all and- of his lines are so lame and so corny. That I'm just like, how does it's not even sweet. It's like I said, I don't find he comes across suave or sweet or kind at any point. He comes yeah. across sleazy and creepy who like he's one of those people who are just like, um, he's like, I'm, I'm saying suave things, right? It's totally suave. It's totally <laughs> suave. Like he's that guy. Yeah, I'd actually, I actually I, I kind of want to talk about the wife a lot Okay. now that yes. I'm thinking about it, because yeah. like. Like after they get married, like uh, she says to her him that that she knows that something's up, right? Mm -hmm. Like she's like, I just don't lie to me. Essentially, it was like, I'm going to look the other way. Don't whatever. Yeah. And then the FBI, sorry, the the Interpol guy comes up to her like later on in the movie. And it's like, no, he sells guns. And she's like, what? what, what?" And I'm I'm kind of was like, well, what did you think was happening? Like also like of the things that he would be doing in secret drug run uh, sorry uh, gun running drug running gun running yeah is not the worst one like it's still like some people sell guns legally like he just sells them illegally yeah. um not really that much of a difference in the end mm-hmm. um but he's not selling drugs he's not killing people um he's Directly, like yeah. killing people like he's not working for the mafia or whatever yeah um. I don't really know what she's so shocked by. Obviously, he's doing something not on the level. Um, and, you know, she kind of well, turns on him, too, right? She does. Well, because she does. She tracks him. And because she's not as good as evading people as right. she is, the cops track her and they find his little container full of like guns and his notes and all this kind of stuff. And the painting he bought. And the painting he bought, which was actually kind of a nice painting. I, to be I wrote but down her paintings aren't bad. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but like, yeah, that's the only painting she ever sold. And I think I think that actually hurt her more than everything else. Because when she turned around and saw the painting, she was like, let's get out of here. You yeah, know? we're done. We're done. How you dare you to me? How dare you encourage me? I, I was like, that's the nicest thing he's done in the whole yeah. film. Like, and obviously it shows that he really does care for her feelings. Like yeah. it's it's actually like, I mean, opposed to all the other stuff he does, like <laughs> just um, that's actually the nice thing he does in that movie. He's like, yeah. oh, I'll, I'll buy it. And then she'll never know. And she'll think that she's great, which, yeah. oh, fine. And, and if she didn't sell anything else ever, then he was right to do it. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Well, because even later on, she complains about being a failed actress and her modeling career is over and a failed artist. And I'm like, but he bought a painting. So technically you sold one. So it's fine. Mm-hmm. You know, you can call yourself an artist at that point. Um, but the thing that bothers me about her character and the fact that she's like so offended at the end is that at the, the scene at the wedding, like when they're talking to each other and she's fully like, don't tell me what you do just you know just don't do anything stupid but i'm like you automatically put yourself in that position 
to be like manipulated because you don't want to know what he does. You don't want to know where his money comes from. You have chosen to be kept in the dark. Like that's what you, that's what you want out of this marriage. So then when you find out he's doing something wrong and you're just like, how could you, why are you surprised? Like, I, I thought it was going to be kind of like a Carmela Soprano kind of thing where like she's not involved in the business. But mm-hmm. when push comes to shove, she is with him. Yes. Like she she'll go up to the attic and get the shotgun like mm-hmm. if she needs to. Right. But no, that it's sort of it was inconsistent in the, I guess, 15 year relationship they had. Yeah, it was something like that. Um, yeah, it just didn't. Yeah. I, like I find she just comes across um, like a. I know they call her a trophy wife, but I don't think she's like that stupid and that um, yeah. airheady. I think she was just um, she's like, I I have found somebody who's obsessed with me. I'll take it, essentially. Mm. And she was like, you are going to give me a lifestyle I want. And if I don't know anything about it, then I can live with myself because as soon as she gets any information, like you get the scene where she's like, I can't wear all the clothes. There's blood all over. And I'm just like, I don't feel sorry for you. You yeah, put whatever. Yeah. Here. Yeah. Come on, Lady Macbeth. Let's calm down here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Um, but yeah, no, I, I think she's, I think she's a badly written character. I mean, yeah. people like that yeah. exist. I'm not going to say no, but like we said before, women in this movie are used as, as objects. So as soon as you have a woman that's supposed to do more than one thing, they're just like, do, do chairs talk? Like what do, what would a chair say? Like that's essentially what the writing in this feels like. Yeah. Jack Valentine puts a lot of mustard on trophy wife too. Like he's really digging in trophy and I'm like, is she, you know, I mean, he married a model, whatever. Yeah. Fine. Shut up, Jack Valentine. Like, (laughs) get over like what what an interrogation do you do you what interrogation skill is that just like in your dumb wife like come on <laughs> why like that's that's not gonna make anybody want to tell you what anything. are you doing yeah why personal attacks on this well but even when he's talking about the wife talking to the wife about um yuri and he's trying to get her on his side he brings up her dead parents and it's like he sold people like him sell guns and make this happen and you're like that's not something that's going to get them on your side. Yeah. Like, I, I wrote that down as well. Like, that's a big swing, man. Yeah, like that is. Yeah. yeah. That's the point where she's like, get the fuck out of my house. I was yeah. sitting here listening, being patient with you, even though I don't believe you. Now you've gone over line, get out of my house. And like, I understood that reaction. I really did. Um, I like that. But- he had it a little, like the newspaper clipping, like in a little pouch. He's like, remember this? <laughs> remember your parents being dead yeah he probably stole it from a library <laughs> <laughs> he's by the book what, what did you do he went and found the microfiche printed it out <laughs> uh hopefully there are people here took him all, all day at the public library <laughs> i know just flipping through like well, that's why he had happen? to use it he was just like i gotta use this card it took me all day all day it's gotta i like i know we didn't get there i know But yeah, I got to tell you, here's the article. But also, do you know how long it took me to find this? (laughs) Oh, my God. I believe it. Yeah. Um, Yeah. But she she really wasn't used very much in it. Like most of the time she's on screen, 
It's look how pretty she is. Oh, she's smiling. I'm going to take her picture. Oh, I just got home from a business trip where I may have ha- may have AIDS now. I'm going to have sex with her in a shower. And you're like, what? That was the, okay. Oh, the, the shower thing. Yeah. I have so, okay. I have multiple <laughs> things about what you just said. First of all, the shower thing. Is there a window above the bed into the shower? Yes. <laughs> what is that room? <laughs> I have no idea. Because I was watching it thinking exactly the same thing. I was like, Wait, what? What is what is <laughs> happening here? This is just weird. I don't. Well, uh, Do you yeah. live in like a pervert hotel? Like, what, what is the? <laughs> it's like, oh, we put you in the peeper room. They probably have a mirror <laughs> over the ceiling that we didn't get to see. Probably. <laughs> That's just yeah. weird. Yeah, I have. I had the same issue with that part. I was like, I don't know where you're going. This now, the AIDS stuff is rough. It's that intense. is that is some rough shit, man. Um, like and it, like it, jumping way ahead mm-hmm. to like his his like drug induced, uh, like haze downfall part, where he has he has sex with I'm assuming a sex worker. I'm I'm thinking so. Um, and after she's done and robs him, mm-hmm. kind of, kind of. Um, he says, "Are you sick?" Hmm. And it was just made me real sad. Yeah. <laughs> made me well, very sad. I mean, to be honest, the whole, like we said, the, the whole thing in Africa was offensive, essentially. And, and I'm like, I know warlords exist and I know horrible situations like this do exist. I did live through that time period and I was old enough to remember the stories about like Sierra Leone and all that kind of stuff and, and like Rwanda and, and everything. And so I am not oblivious to you know that kind of situation but this movie does what a lot of movies and a lot of people who are from Africa which is a continent not a country that has you know lots of different countries and lots of different people and lots of different economic standings and political structures and all that kind of stuff that you're like we're gonna show the ghetto you know, and like I like I also understand that this is about gun running to a, like a crazy despot and everything, but like like it's it's just offensive. Like everybody's uh, just in dirt. Everybody's nobody's wearing clean clothes. People are just murdering each other, and you're just like, really? Yeah. You know. Well, yeah. I mean, he refers to it as the African way, right? Yeah, which is <laughs> where it's the, them offensive. stripping the 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 uh, anything that's left out will be stripped down and taken away. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's what he was referring to. Also in that scene, the guy that's with Jack Valentine um, threatens, uh, him, uh, with uh, threatens him with a machete. Yeah. And I'm like, oh boy, that's, that's not cool. They should yeah. not have that in this movie. Uh, I mean, if he was like a white guy with a gun to his head, that would have been fine. Yeah. African guy with a machete in his throat, way too much. And yeah. way over the top and too much of a, a horrible stereotype. Well, my question is, too, I'm like, like, why would he be using a machete in the first place? Wouldn't he just have a gun? Like, yeah, be, but they also wanted to show that, you know, the black guy's savage. You're just like, yeah. oh, like, no, it was very shiny. Though. It was it was very clean. It so was very clean. He, he worked. He works on it. Yeah, I, I'll give him credit for for upkeep on his machete. 
Well, maybe it was a new one and he just wanted to give it a <laughs> give it a go. Like, you know. It's one of those Interpol like issued uh mm-hmm. machetes they have for They got the 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 machete 8.0 or something and yeah. they're like here's it's, your upgrade. It's it's really well balanced. Yes. Um it has a it has a mahogany handle instead of an ash handle. Yeah. Uh well polished and stuff. It's got like his little initials in it and stuff. So yeah. n- nobody else can use it, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I feel like now I'm gonna get hate mail from the <laughs> <laughs> I should not yes and this bit anymore. Um I'm a black person, I'm allowed to say it. You just I am not. You, you silently <laughs> nod and smile and be like, I'm uncomfortable. Thank you. <laughs> It was shiny. That's what I have to say. <laughs> no, I agree. It's it's it was and it was horrible. And I and I noticed it immediately. Like yeah. I just went, oh nope, not cool. No, no. Yeah. And I know they were like so. So one thing you have to know about this movie is that at the end of the movie, um, it it actually says on screen that the events in this were based on a true story. Hmm. I don't know how close it is or whatever, but sure. But. I know they were picking places in the world that people would remember and recognize because within the movie, he wasn't, he's, he says, right. And the interval guy says that Africa is not the only place he's running guns to. Right. But they choose to center it on this quote unquote, savage African land um, to do this where they could have picked wherever else you know because he was drug running in europe he was drug running in south america you know he was drug running to um to asia and you have to pick the most like ridiculous fear-mongery stereotypical thing to portray in this and you're just like why are why like why (laughs) it's just always my question yeah, I mean, he's Ukrainian. He's playing a Ukrainian character. Um, it, I mean, this it takes place around the fall of the USSR. Mm-hmm. It, it actually could have been a lot more interesting if it was like in Bosnia, or yes. like because there's like a lot of stuff happening in the '90s in in Bosnia and Herzegovina, mm-hmm. and and all those and like the Chechnyans in the in the early 2000s. Mm-hmm. Um, lot, there's lots of stuff that you could have done, and it could have been in relation to. Um, like his parentage is like he's like that would be an interesting thing, especially based on the way that we're looking at Ukraine and Russia now. Um, you could have had a really interesting movie about like his cultural identity versus where he grew up and his 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 family fled for being for by pretending to be Jewish. Yeah, also interesting. Um, I loved the dad actually. <laughs> he was as more as, Jewish than than most yeah. Jewish people. Yeah. Oh. I thought that was a really funny joke. Um, I mean, not in a mean way. Like, I'm not laughing at him. I just, I actually think Judaism is an interesting uh, religion. Mm-hmm. But like him talking about going to temple and stuff was, and his like Catholic wife is just, well, you're not Jewish. And he's yeah. like, oh, I'll talk to you about it later. Yeah. After she um, puts like the, what did she put down? Like muscles or something? Part of he's like, I can't yeah. be jealous. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That was a, that, it was very out of tone with the rest of the movie too. Yes. Like I thought that was fun. Mm-hmm. Um, that it was sort of it's like it's a fun joke, but then the the, the rest of it doesn't do it. Um, I wrote down that I felt like um, Jared Leto and Nicolas Cage did big accents to start, and somebody told them to stop. 
don't don't you feel like they came to set going i am yuri yeah and they're like don't do that and he's like what do you mean (laughs) um i agree but i also think that works within the film because so you know when you first meet them it's like 1980 and they're still young and you know they're only with their parents and then when they get into business and he's trying to be worldly i think he actively acts to get rid of the accent to sound more I guess, professional or whatever. Um, and also the fact that he learns a whole bunch of languages, sometimes that also causes your accent to be different. Yeah, Let's yeah. Say. No, I'm actually fine with him not doing it. That would yes. have been awful. <laughs> the whole movie, it would yeah. be difficult. Yeah. If he was doing a heavy uh, Ukrainian accent the whole movie yeah. uh, from Little Odessa, uh, <laughs> then it would have... Uh, which is real. I think there is a there is a real Little yeah. Odessa. Um but uh yeah no it would have been way big it would have been so big um and like jared leto doing a crazy accent would have been way too much i mean this was relatively like he was still relatively not unknown but not as big as he is now because the thing i remember him from initially was my so-called life you know he played um what's his name Jordan Catalano. That mm-hmm. is the name I remember. Mm-hmm. Um, and like even watching this movie, um, I was thinking to myself that I'm just like, oh, he's not full of himself yet. It's like what like I'm watching this and I'm like, oh, you're not full of it. Okay. You're not method acting. You're not torturing people around you. You're not being just like, I'm Jared Leto and I'm being a dick. Like, because it comes across, right? Like he's, he's acting the character and you're not sitting there going, it's Jared Leto. Whereas I find now, no matter what he's doing, you're like, it's Jared Leto. And he's stupid. Like, that's just all I think all the time now. Yeah. Um, oh, he's in this comic book movie? Ah, shit. I know. <laughs> it's one of the few comic movies I have not watched. I wonder I have, why. I have not seen Mobius. I did see Suicide Squad. Uh, the second one, right? I saw I the first one as well. I he's in the Joker. he's in the first one. He's yeah, not in the second he's, one. He's horrible as Joker. Oh, like, it's awful. Yeah. yeah. But I also yeah. think it's just a general representation of Joker they put in there made no sense whatsoever. You, you but, don't think Joker has uh, a grill? It's not. No, but that's, that's not thing. your that's not what you think of as the Joker. What do you no, mean? That is it's not even his visual stance. The Joker in that movie is about money. The Joker is not about money. That is what people forget. So when they brought him in there and he had his his like because he can have gold chains and a grill, but if he steals something or wants something, he's not having no fancy shiny car. He'll probably go outside and burn all the shiny fancy cars. And that was my problem with it. It's like you have completely lost what the character is. You can make him visually different as much as you want, but you've lost who the character is. And that was my problem with that Joker. Yeah, if, if you're going to tattoo the word damaged on someone's forehead, they need to live up to that. Yes. Oh, God. I forgot about that tattoo. Oh, my God. Okay, never mind. That tattoo was wrong as well. It's called subtlety. Yes. Um, uh, what was I saying? I was saying other things about Jared Leto, right? Yes. Yeah, he's not bad in this. Like, yeah. I mean, he, he is used kind of as one thing uh, repeatedly. Scary. Yeah. Um, as in, like, uh, he's a guy that's been fucked up for a decade and a half, <laughs> I guess. Well, but I think it, it has to do with the things he saw while 
helping yeah. his brother and to get over it again. Yeah. He got addicted to the uh, the cocaine. Um, and then he every time he was pulled back into it or anytime he had memories, mm-hmm. he would relapse. And that was understandable. So um, but the thing is, it's like so later on in the movie, the dictator calls. um Oh, no, it's not the dictator that calls him this. It's the it's the D agent. Um, Mr. Valentine calls Nick Cage's character. Um, um, oh, no, Nick Cage is telling him that he's like he's like the most evil guy ever and blah, 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 blah. But to be honest, I don't I don't think he's he's that evil. I just think he's like indifferent. And yeah, that's what gets him through his day. That, it's a psychopathy. It. Yeah. 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 So so it's it's like it's like everybody's like, you're evil. I have to take you down. You're a bad guy. But I don't even think that's what it is. He finds out he's good at selling shit. And the first thing he has to sell is a gun so that he keeps selling guns. That's just all that happens. You know, yeah, it's it's sort of a, a nihilistic kind of thing where he's just like, people are always going to buy guns. I'll sell guns. Mm-hmm. Yeah, And I'm like, well, that's sort of true. Mm-hmm. Also, but- people need to be more careful with bullets. They're just like putting them in boxes all over the place in this movie. Don't those things go off if you like shake them hard enough? Um, No, isn't it? If you like stamp on them or if they're like heated. Like yeah, I, I guess. I don't I don't I don't know. I know that there's an explosive in them. <laughs> yes, you know, gunpowder is an explosive. Yeah, and like putting all of them like next to each other where they can all just like tap on each other. That seems mm. a bit scary. I mean, I'm not in the packaging bullets industry, so I'm unsure Well, maybe that's what we should get into. Protocols. I feel like there's a I feel like there's a market for this. Um we'll get is, some padded bullet things. Is it just bubble wrap, you think? <laughs> I mean, maybe like a lot of little tiny bubbles, yeah. Yes. You can I see think that. that might work. <laughs> Or like those little plastic things that you can like punch in and out. Oh yes, those are <laughs> yeah, those are nice. Yeah. yeah. Um. Or well, I guess well, if you put it, no, I guess it would sink if you just use like packing peanuts or whatever and mix it in. They'll probably just like sink to the bottom, anyways. Be there. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yes. And um, this this is this is a conundrum. This yeah. is something they need. No, to it's a, this is a Rubik's cube of a business we have here, and we're it gonna is. figure it out. <laughs> we're gonna figure it out. <laughs> I don't think people get mad at us for packaging bullets. Like how how tangential to the gun runnings do you have to be to be morally okay? <laughs> I, well, that's well, that's the thing, right? Because I mean, if you go, you, you can go far back to the guys who dug the ore out of the ground for. Um, the smelting of the metal that makes the bullets. Like, what do you, what do you do? Right. <laughs> you just kind of oh. got to go with it. I like that. They also threw in that he's just getting paint and blood diamonds. Yeah. <laughs> We're like, just like to, blood add, to add extra, just like sordidness to it. Yeah. It's like, what if I paid you in diamonds? And then, it, and then the, 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 the narration comes up blood diamonds. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> there you go. It's about all the people who die for the yeah. diamonds. You're like, yay. <laughs> uh, well, because I, I think it's really funny because it's the bullets he's selling them who's killing the people who's mining the diamonds that these people are stealing from. So I think it just it's like a full circle kind of thing, right? It's yeah, it's like a season of the wire. Yes. Yes. It's it all is. it's all vertical integration. <laughs> Still haven't watched the wire. Uh, I've seen the first three seasons. Okay. Uh, I've, I've uh, apparently the fourth is the best. I haven't, I haven't done it yet. Yeah. But it's, no. it's, it's, it's that, it's that kind of thing though, where it's, um, it's sort of like I'm trying to think of another example. Did you watch The Expanse? 
Oh, yes. I loved the Expanse. So, you know how in the Expanse, like, all these stories that don't relate to each other, it turns out they actually do relate to each other, and they they feed off of each other? Mm. The Wire sort of makes the same thing, where, like, the drugs fund this, which funds this, which funds this. Which then gives them this and then it goes like it's a certain like it's about creating an ecosystem gotcha okay yeah yeah i love these i did not like the last episode i must admit um okay because it just it didn't go anywhere it, it added more questions instead of giving more answers and you're just like oh is that it what are you talking about but that's mm-hmm. a, that's a that's for another day i think yes I mean, that, that's sort of the, kind of the, the moral of the movie in the end, right? It's sort of like, yeah, I do all this stuff, uh, but sometimes your government wants me to do that stuff. Yeah, because that's um, how the system works. That's how they yeah. make their money. That's how they move money. That's how they keep oh. the, what is it? The, the industrial complex. The military industrial complex. There you go. Going. That's right. Yeah. Talking about Lockheed Martin. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Halliburton. Other well, words from 2005. Well, because, I mean, they've been bitching for a long time about how, I mean, it's not only the U.S. government, Canada's doing, like, quite a few governments are doing this as well, where they keep saying, they're like, we're running out of money. We don't have money to put in, like, services. We don't have money to put in, like, infrastructure. We don't have money to put in, like, education and all this kind of stuff. But, you know, you need 10 new MIGs or something. That's a couple billion dollars. They're like, here you go. Like, well, if you buy six, you get one free. That so. is true. Yeah. So it, it's really, it's, it's bulk purchasing, you know, yeah, saves your money in the end. Yeah. The USSR was like the Costco for guns. Yeah. Um, there was just like a lot of them and you get them at like a discounted rate. I mean, yeah. you had to buy more and spend more, but you get a lot more. It. It's worth it, right? Yeah. In the long run. Mm-hmm. Um, Got to get them rubles. <laughs> Did uh, I say rubles? I meant boss. No, no, I didn't mean that. I meant American dollars. Please pay me in American dollars. <laughs> Wasn't one part of it? He was like, um, they weren't even selling them by the gun. They were selling them by the ton or like the weight. Yeah. The weight. Yeah. Well, it's just like, oh, you'll take five, five, five. That was that was something that I actually was curious if it was real or not, because uh-huh. like the, he has a little monologue about how like when you leave a war zone it's actually cheaper to leave the guns and rebuy them than ship them back mm-hmm. and i went that sounds like a bureaucratic thing that's real and i don't yeah. know if it is or not it does sound like something that's like yeah they probably do that because it's awful <laughs> i mean i wouldn't be surprised because they probably have to you know the ships that like the people are on like their soldiers are on are not the same ships they're some of the weapons and some of the stuff's going on there, but not everything's on there. So they'd have to have a different ship, you know, with fuel and all this kind of stuff and personnel to go over there to pick up the stuff to bring it back. Cause they're not going to be like wrap it up and send it through FedEx. Cause that's probably going to be like five times more expensive. Um, well, they got to get all those potatoes to pack all the guns in too. Exactly. Exactly. Um, but, but part of it might also be an issue with like, like piracy and, and, People saying that they're the captain now. Yes. <laughs> or, or even something along the lines of like, you know, like we put everything on a military ship. It's being shipped back to America. Um, but like in, in the USSR, when he's in the thing with like his uncle and they're like, oh, we have like 50,000. Like you have to, I, this is easily 10,000. Like somebody's just like changing a number and they still have the same problem things going missing so 
you know, it may not be worthwhile for them to do that if they're going to lose a whole bunch of inventory. But also, I think it's just crazy. You go fight a bunch of people, leave your shit there. And then what do you think is actually going to happen to that stuff? I don't want this anyone anymore. It's got sand in it. <laughs> this one's used. It's hot. <laughs> oh, yeah. There was the thing with a used gun. I forgot that that was part of the movie. I can't sell this. It's used. <laughs> I was like, really? I, I don't like if you just like wipe it down. I think it should be fine. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No. The other thing that I, I, I actually did Google this because yeah. I wanted to know if I should make fun of this or not. And it's um, the guy with the gold gun. Yeah. There's a guy with a super like a golden, super shiny gun. And I'm like, there's no way that gold is a good metal is, to use for that guns. The, isn't that the son of the dictator, dude? Is yeah. That yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like you can't that is a non-functioning gun. Like it will explode if you use it. Gold is way too soft to be used as guns. Well, I guess it depends on the like uh how pure it is. Because if it's 24 karat, which is almost pure gold, then definitely not. If you try to fire a something out of it, the heat in it will melt it. Like that is mm, that's you know. just what's gonna happen. Um, but if it's it'll, got, all, like, it'll go like <laughs> and then just blow back at your face yeah. and you're like ah! you're like the guy from like um what is it uh in Game of Thrones when he has the gold poured on him oh oh, like, oh I forgot about that <laughs> you're welcome I mean that was funny because that guy sucked yeah like it was hilarious yes but it was pretty awful. Yeah, I, one thing about uh, Game of Thrones, they're very good at making you hate people. So when they die in a horrific, horrible manner, you're like, ha ah, you deserve it. You mean That's- when we all cheered for that child dying? <laughs> when we collectively as a people watched a child die on screen and cheered. We're like, that's what you're at. Take that, you little monster. I feel sorry for that kid, though, because he actually quit acting because people just would throw things at him. We've talked about this previously. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know, but it just shocks me that people like, they're like, it's a show. He's acting. Yeah, I mean, he's a good actor. That the people really hate him. <laughs> that's true. That is yep. true. Like, to be honest, like I watch an episode, I'm like, Joffrey's choking to death. Yes. That good stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like he's blue and bulgy eyed. <laughs> <laughs> God. Uh, I mean, there were definitely. But the other side of it is that they also had characters that you liked so much that when they died horribly and brutally, you were just like crying in a corner, shaking. You're like, no. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah, it's yeah. I've actually gotten weirdly squeamish with violence lately um, in that, like, I just feel like when it's not when it's in a tone, when it's in something that the tone doesn't fit. Like, I, I, I've been feeling that a lot lately. Where I'm just like, this kind of makes me uncomfortable. Like, that's, it's sort of like, yeah, hmm. that's how I felt watching this. Like, I felt yeah. very uncomfortable, like even just the opening sequence, like the end of the opening sequence. Um, I was just like, and I feel nauseous. Thank you. The is when you say the opening sequence, do you mean like the the way the 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 bullet following the bullet along? Yeah. Yeah. No, that's mm-hmm. rough. Yes, it's very rough. Um, right. I forgot it goes into like a child's head at the end. Yeah. yeah. That lo- yeah, that is rough. Yeah. <laughs> and the fact is, it doesn't even just like show like the child's face and then go black or anything. It's like no, it, you hear the like the squish and you see like the red. Yeah. And then that's it's true. And you're just that's like kind of like a, a weird 
Oh, it's like kind of like a weird comedy beat in a way. Like you, you shouldn't, you should have cut out before and not put a squish in. Like that yeah. makes it a little sillier. It does, and, but it, yeah. I think it makes it also a little bit more visceral. Like, you know. Did you see um, City of God? A very long time ago, like when yeah. it came out. Um, I think that that handles like similar kind of like the kind of stuff that we're complaining about, like the Africa ghetto stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that that movie covers that area in a really good way. Yeah. Um, it, it takes place in Brazil within the favelas, mm-hmm. um, but uh, it, it, it's like you. It doesn't feel like it's exploiting it as much as this does, or showing it in a way that we as Westerners uh, kind of look at, look down on. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it's it's brutal and awful, but in a told from in a in a way that doesn't feel like it's uh, at, like this essentially well i think i think the problem with with it is that they don't show the other side of the the countries um they essentially are like no this is what these countries are you're like that's not what those countries are they have cities they have vehicles they have areas that are not controlled by by crazy people wielding guns everywhere um they have rich sectors and they have people who live in houses, not tents and huts and not, you know, their kids aren't rolling around in dirt out, else outside all the time. And everybody's not walking around going like, I don't have anything to eat. You know, like I like that shit like exists here. OK, but, you know, you show North America. Guess what they showed? They showed New York and how pretty it is. And, you know, even when he's selling the gun and he's like in the ghetto in a room you're like, it's a pretty decent room that's relatively clean looking. It's just a creepy dude comes in to buy the gun. What, Whatever, right? Yeah, we, and- we, we get rid of our tent cities here. Thank you very much. <laughs> yes, the police come in. Yeah, and the police come in. People They're all don't gone. Have anywhere to Problem go. solved. Yeah, you got just, uh, just dust off your hands and walk <laughs> away after that. Look oh. at this great park we have. <laughs> God. That was so sad. I know. I'm just yeah. being, now. I'm just getting bitter. <laughs> well, I th- no, but I think it's a it's a it's a proper thing to say with yeah. this, where like like media for a long time has shown you know the countries of Africa in a very specific way, and it is considered to be you know justice. You know, there's lions in your backyard. You live in a mud hut, and everybody's trying to kill you and steal your stuff. And you're like, that's not what it is. So, like, I, I just think it needs a proper representation of the, they, they are developed countries that have the same things we have here is just hot was the big deal. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to say as a blanket statement for, for Western movies, no more machetes. <laughs> not allowed. What just about the movie it. Machete? That's allowed, right? Machete's allowed because he like there's a scene in Machete where he has a fight while he's eating a taco. So you're allowed to have a machete <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> in that movie because that also happens in that movie. So you're allowed. But African country not allowed to have machetes anymore. They did it in Casino Royale too, like a, a movie I really like. And that's yeah. like it's not not a cool thing to do. It's way overdone. Cut it with the machetes, guys. Yeah. Yeah, they have they have guns now. That's what yeah. this movie's about. They have AK forty sevens. Yeah, mm-hmm. it so, is true that it is on flags. That is that is crazy to me. It is, yeah. I 
but like I also think a gun culture has been sort of perpetuated throughout things like especially you know people who are gangst gangsters with an a and gangsters with an er have been perpetuated in in films and things like that and I know lots of people where like Scarface is our favorite movie and they love you like say hello to my little friend or like oh I gotta get one of those guns or or even in this movie where the kids just like I have to have the same gun as Rambo had yeah. like it's just they think guns are cool like they want a gun they want a thing and you're just like yeah but a, a gun is a, a murder weapon I'm I'm good thank you yeah, the gun of Rambo thing kind of like that was like a cute joke until he gets it and uses it later. Yes, on and a, it's that it's on just people walking. Yeah, and you're just like you are gross. But he like yeah. when that guy's introduced, like uh, Yuri does say he's even scarier than his father. So, right. um, so when he dies, kind of in a not the best way. I'm like, <laughs> I'm I'm glad he died so he doesn't get in charge of anybody, but. Um, that's no, also I, a horrible thing to say. I, I don't know a ton about Africa. I'm going to I'm going to uh, and, the, and the various countries of Africa, which is the, what I'm about to say is I'm, I'm guessing there are several accents because I'm sure there are several languages. Mm-hmm. Um, the one in this movie just sounds like Wakanda. <laughs> it's the same accent. Uh, so maybe maybe Wakanda, like when they were making Black Panther, they like picked an accent <laughs> i don't like, know what? i like this guy with the gold gun i think i'm gonna take over i think i'm gonna get his mannerisms down yeah well i <laughs> yeah. mean like the movie is filled with black people obviously but the only person who has was who's like a major character in the movie who was born and raised in africa if i remember correctly is uh lupita and everybody else is british or american yeah. and they have to like well no then there's um um uh, winston duke um who is a fellow training nice to see you um we were very excited about that but he does his own accent as well um but it's but like they're they're picking accents they're learning accents right um and so i I like i was just like they sound like a general africa person accent is what it sounds like yeah i'm happy there weren't clicks if they had put it a click, I would have been mad. So at least they didn't do that. Yes. Yeah. I'd be like, come on, guys, we can't do the click. <laughs> Please don't. Please don't do it. So at least they had that. That and, sensibility, you know, yeah. I, I, and I, weirdly enough, the warlord was actually kind of an interesting character in several places. He was legitimate. Like, I found him more charming than Yuri. Yeah. But also, he was terrifying, like okay, terrifying. Yeah. I found him well, very scary. What was with the scene with Ian Holm where they spoiler uh, where, mm-hmm. where they kill Ian, Ian? It's Ian Holm, right? Yeah. Yes. That was a weird scene, right? Like, I don't really remember like what the kind of impetus was for for that happening. Like, I know that they kind of like he screwed him over in and in, in before and killed his contact in, in Russia. Mm-hmm. Um, was it just because of that? that? No, I think it has more to do with. So the guy kept saying, you know, he it's about loyalty and all this kind of stuff. And he has, you know, uh, they have a deal and he's very 
Um, Because when you're introduced to him, I think the voiceover says he's, you know, he's people who go against his loyalty die is essentially what he says. And I think when uh, the guy comes in, he's actually trying to to sell to his enemies and then like trying to sell to him as well. Oh, so right. Oh, right. Because dis- he does both sides. That was yeah. part of his thing. So the yeah. disloyalty is the thing that got him angry. But then he also knew about the dude dying. So he was like, let's give you a shot at this. But I think it's also like based on the conversations before, I think he also knew Yuri had never shot anybody or, or used his guns. Like felt like he feels it, like it's powerful. Like you have to feel that power. And I think he knew he hadn't done that before. He's like, this is what it's like. Got to give it a got to give it a shot. Um, And then, you know, yeah, we'll pull the trigger together. (laughs) I'm like, yeah, no, that just that whole. But that's when his stupor starts. I think that's what it actually affects him because he's he's like, oh, shit, what have I been doing? And then, you know, he goes on his little bender and then he comes out of it and he's like, all right, let's do this again. Like, that's. Yeah. yeah, but that's his that's his indifference. That's his callousness. You know, that's his, his as you put it, nihilistic nature. He's like, there's no fucking point. So what yeah. else? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Ian Holm was an odd kind of character as well. Like he doesn't he wasn't as important to the movie as I thought he was going to be when the movie started because mm-hmm. he was sort of introduced to that gun bizarre thing with the with the with the girls with the guns. Yeah. Um I also think that there was a, a guy dressed as a Russian general there. And oh. I went, that's not right. Because <laughs> this was before the wall went down. He wouldn't be there. Yeah. No, I think, no, I think the whole point is, is like, so that thing was not like a regular gun show. This was like a gun show for countries, right? Like, right. look at the cool new weapons we have. Do you want a billion dollars worth? And they say yes, right? And I think it has more to do with... um like I know this sounds weird, but it's a safe space, quote unquote, <laughs> you know, for them to go like look at all the new stuff. They're not on the, the battlefield as yet. They're just, you know, buying some tanks. Right. So maybe that's what it was. If it wasn't that, then yes, I'm confused by why he would be at the at the beginning of um I, I think it's tomorrow never dies. Um, there's like a scene and it like the the little thing comes down the bottom of the screen to say where you are. And it says terrorist gun bazaar. <laughs> <laughs> and I went, yeah, that's okay. Sure. I guess that's where we were at in yeah. Lord of war was the terrorist yeah. gun bazaar. Uh, I guess it's an annual event. Mm-hmm. That they do. Um, they I think it was at the Hilton technology. last year. <laughs> yes. <laughs> really go all out. They get the business center. Mm-hmm. set up you know make sure yeah. the wi-fi works really well they let them they there's a projector that they provide to them mm-hmm. it's really nice hilton oh. is just like yeah we got that they're business that oriented they know yeah 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 they got the conference rooms yeah love it <laughs> one super nitpicky thing i had was when so when yuri's in russia and his friend his general guy was just killed he calls his wife on the phone right yeah and she is just like, oh, do you know what time it is? Because it's the middle of the night. Yeah. And I'm like, but he's in Russia and it's the middle of the night. Yeah. So it'd be in the morning. It would be the middle of the day. Yeah. 
Yeah. I, I mean, that makes sense. Come on. <laughs> no, wait, doesn't he call her like a bunch of hours later? It's but it's nighttime. Is it? I thought it was, yeah, like- it was nighttime. OK, he right, was yes. still in the same place. Like he was like looking at the bombed out car mm-hmm. and it was like dark. And he calls his wife and it's dark. And I'm like, I, I think it would be like, what, like 17 hours ahead or something in Russia? In, in Russia? Well, yeah. it depends where. Well, no, he where was he in Russia? Because, well, that's a good question. Yeah, because if he's like on the European border, like on the eastern side. Yeah, no, the he would still be side. like plus seven, though. Plus at least. seven. Yeah. Seven or eight. Yeah. Um, yeah. I have no idea then. Yes, yeah. that is a thing to be nitpicky about. Yeah, come yes. on, guys. God, she should be together. awake and have other work to do. <laughs> exactly. So wait, wait, also another thing, like when when does the movie like what year does the movie end? Uh, oh, that's a good question. I want to say like 95, 96. But like, don't they have some? No, it, it has to be after 2000 because they make reference to the, the Bush Gore thing. Do they? Yeah. They're like or, Supreme, like holds up a newspaper, says Supreme Court uh, throws away recount vote or whatever. Oh, and that was the 2000 election. So it ends like, I guess the movie ends right before 9-11. Well, no, wouldn't, wouldn't they have thrown that out at, in 1999 then? No, the, the actual no, election was, was 2000. Yeah. Okay. Bush took over in 2001. Okay. So then, um, yeah, they, that's yes, that is true. So, like, wouldn't his kid have been like 15 at the well, end of the movie? <laughs> but that's one of the reasons why I thought it ended earlier than that, because the last because yeah. the last like pop up date I remember, like writing on the screen was 1991. And then, right. but I know it was a couple of years, but like, yeah, it didn't really say. So that's why I was thinking like 94, 95. Um, that seems I That's think it was like before the meeting with the warlord at the end, he holds up a thing saying like the world is or America is crumbling or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, by the way, this was while Bush was still in power. This was 2005. <laughs> yes. The president was still in. It was it was this movie came out in a very like specific time in American culture, like post 9-11, like America stuff was really like so big. Yeah, but it was a combination of. Um, look how corrupt our, our um, politics are, but also America. Fuck yeah. Also, you know? let's support the troops. Yeah. Like it was, there was so much of that. So, uh, so it was a little bit, it was a bit at the end to have such a strong, like uh, America is kind of messed up at the end, like mm-hmm. showing the like, oh no, I sell guns for you guys too. Yeah. Um, uh, they do make a point. Oh, that's right. They do make a point of saying that um, he never sold to Bin Laden. Yeah, they do make a point of that. So because he was too cheap. Oh, (laughs) that's right. It was it wasn't even because of politics. It was just because he didn't have the money. Yeah, that is correct. Okay, he didn't have the money back then. Yeah, but America, America gave him guns. So in the eighties, when this movie took place, that's true. Yes, they gave it to him, and they left a whole bunch of stuff places, and they told them where. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, the 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 war in Afghanistan was fought with American guns on both sides. And um, then they wonder what the problem is. No, they know exactly what the problem is. They just don't care. Well, they stuck uh, the landing. That was the important part. Oh, yeah. 
Oh yes. <laughs> so like we're backing out loud. Beep, I'm beep. just I'm just throwing out political bombs in here. I'm just like <laughs> lobbing them up. Let you away. deal with it. Oh God, I'm gonna have to like cut half of this out. Be like, I'm gonna get sued for this. I'm gonna be disappeared for this. I don't know if I can say this. It's gonna yeah, we out. haven't even talked about the Asian representation in Lost in Translation yet. Oh my God, it's a it's a movie that takes place in Japan, and the main yep. characters are white people. It's great. Mm-hmm. It's great. oh no, but Scarlett Johansson would never pretend to be a Japanese person. Never. No. Oh. There's a funny connection with that in this movie, which I think is hilarious. Oh, I don't know that one. Mm-hmm. Well, okay. So mm-hmm. we started talking about it. Cool. All right. Let's do it. Sophia Coppola. Yeah. Um, she is the personification of white people doing white people things. This um, is true. In a very pretty way. Um, yep. I do like this movie. I do like Virgin Suicides. Mm. Marie Antoinette. Eh. Mm. Um, and that's those are the only movies of hers I've seen. You didn't see the hers. Bling Ring? No, I actually it didn't was... realize until I was looking it up. I didn't realize she directed that one. Oh, I was like, awful. really? I hated that movie. Yeah, yeah. Um, I didn't like Mary Antoinette very much either. Yeah, like it's like all of her movies are very pretty. Yeah, I was looking at her filmography, and I've realized most of her filmography is music videos and commercials for like Dior and stuff. Oh, and I'm very confused as to like what has she been doing exactly? It doesn't seem to be very much. But uh, she did make oh. a good amount of money on the movies that she made. So mm-hmm. I mean, I'm sure she doesn't need it for one, um, yeah. based on her name and being Nicolas Cage's cousin. Yes. Um, but um, that's where she gets all her money. Nicolas Cage gives it to her. <laughs> um, or maybe her father, like who's you know. that? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that wine, the guy that makes the wine. The guy yeah. that makes the wine, yes. The guy that yes, makes that the wine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't I don't know. I mean, I, I'm not going to fault anybody for doing commercials um, or, or music videos and stuff. I didn't know she did those, though. What music videos did she do? Um, let's see. I know she did the music video for the Virgin Suicide song. Okay. It had um, What's-His-Face in it. Um, what's it. It's not Sexy Boy. It's the other one. It's Anyways. air. That's air, isn't it? That's, that's air. Yeah. yeah. No, it's the it's the other one. Oh, playground love. That's the one. Oh, okay. Um, she did. That's also by air, though. Mm. Um, they have a they have a song in Lost in Translation too. They do. Yes. Yeah. Um, she the did, alone in, in Kyoto. I think it's called. So, I, I love the soundtrack actually, for this movie. I did not look up the soundtrack for this. I probably should have, but I did was very entertained by the live music being sung in the movie. I found that very entertaining. Yeah, it's all this, I, I really like the soundtrack. I like a lot of things about this movie. I am definitely going to be someone that's going to be defending it uh, yes. in the next uh, like two and a half, three hours that we're going to do. Oh, yes, uh, definitely. <laughs> but yeah, no, I'm going to acknowledge that it has some problems to it, but I think it speaks to me in a very specific way um, mm-hmm. that is uh, probably a very uh, subjective way rather mm-hmm. than something that I'm going to be able to like explain very well. So yeah. um, which is why I took almost no notes on Lost in Translation, um, because it's really to me, the movie is so much more about how I feel about it than like what I'm actually watching. Yeah. Um. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I think watching like it's a very beautifully shot movie and it has a very specific mood, like a little bit of like wonder and melancholy and, you know, kind of like exploring 
like not just the environment around you, but like who you are and stuff. And I think it has some very interesting things that's being presented. Um, but then you do see the problematic things like, like um, Scarlett Johansson would have been like 18 or 19. Cause she's was, like 17 when this was shot. Oh, when it was shot. Okay. So then that makes it even worse in my head yep. because she is, she's playing a person who is young, but married and gone across to a, the other side of the world away from everybody she knows. So she's playing like uh, like a 24, 25 year old. They, yep. they don't, they're not specific in here. She had just graduated from college. Yeah. Is the, so, the age that she's playing. Yeah. And um, so, and then Bill Murray while shooting this would have been in his fifties. And then I found out the kiss at the end of the movie was not in the script it was like an impromptu in that situation and i'm like i know they're actors and i know sometimes you get lost in something but like when i when i hear like if it was something in the script i'd have been like okay they did it because it said so in the script but when it's impromptu like i feel i should kiss kiss the 17 year old it makes me uncomfortable (laughs) is it is it that it was impromptu on his part or that they both agreed on it the day of like it was it like not written in the script or did they like discuss it before the scene started um, I, I heard like, uh, where did I read? I read it on, it was like in one of those like IMDB, um, right. trivia things, trivia things. Um, I probably yeah. should have copied down the actual note. No, that's it. cool. Like, I'm, I'm sure that it, like it, it, I don't know. I don't, I don't know the, the, that, that anecdote. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, yeah, I agree. I, when I found out that she was so young when they made it, I went, really? Ugh. Yeah, that um, was my first reaction as well. Because like when yeah. I was like, I was like, so it came out when she was nineteen, so they filmed when she was eighteen. Now you're saying she no, it was filmed when she was seventeen. I was like, yeah. oh yeah, no. I think she had her birthday on set, maybe <laughs> oh, um, something God. like that. Uh, oh no, God. she and she said that it was made her a bit uncomfortable walking around like a hotel room in her underwear with a bunch of Japanese men around her. Yeah, she didn't. She did not enjoy that. And apparently Sofia Coppola for the first scene where she had to do it, she was in the underwear as well while they were filming it to make her like more comfortable. But also my first note for this movie, I'm like, the movie starts with a butt. Why? That was like my first question. There's a lot of there's a lot of discussion around that shot, Mm -hmm. um, which, by the way, is the cover to the soundtrack album. Oh, God. Um, Yeah. But I mean, it's it's a reference to a painting, um, for one. Um, I, I know that much about it. Um, mm. As for its meaning in the movie, I'm not sure. It just, but um, it just seems it is unnecessary. a bit out of place. It is. Yeah. It seems, uh, it, and it feels a little out of place. I mean, it, it's it's dreamy, mm-hmm. um, in that it sort of has a look of like just from an aesthetic point. That shot is very, it's kind of fuzzy. Um, it, it's sort of in focus. It's got is it. I don't know if it's Kevin Shields playing at that moment, but it's got that kind of like shoegazy soundtrack happening, and the the the, the the thing comes up. It like it works aesthetically for the rest of the movie, but you're right, it doesn't quite gel with the tone of the rest of the thing. So yeah, well, because for me, like that scene could easily have been like they didn't want to show who it was, which is fine, but they could have been like it's her shoulder in the back of her head or the middle of her back, and she's yeah. wearing something pink, like. That would have been fine. I just, I just found it like they're just like, oh, we're grabbing them in with sex, and you're just like, really, is this what's happening? No, I don't well, know. I, I don't think I, this is. I think she's rather desexualized for the rest of the movie. She is, um, yeah. which is why I think that that's that shot at the that very first shot is is odd. 
Mm-hmm. Um, well, it becomes, I mean, it, it, yeah, it becomes more and more unnecessary as you watch the film. Yeah. Well, I, I watched, I, I mean, I read uh, like a Wikipedia thing and they, they sort of talked a lot about how there's a lot of examination around that shot. Mm-hmm. Um, and somebody said that it was sort of a subversion of the male gaze because it's so long that it makes you uncomfortable. Um, which I don't quite agree with, um, but it, it like I agree that it probably doesn't need to be there. Um, granted, if I think that if I mean, it sort of goes along with like the virgin suicides aesthetic, too, where there's sort of like a purity to it as well. Yeah. Which as a, it, you know, as a male watching it, it feels a little creepy because it feels like me looking at a, a young girl's underwear. Um, yeah. So I don't I don't love that. Um, but uh yeah, I know, it I sort of fits it. along with and I had seen Virgin Suicides before I saw this. So I was sort of like, OK, I kind of get what the wavelength. But yeah, I agree. It's not it doesn't need to be there. It does. Yeah, I just think it just doesn't need to be there, even if it is supposed to evoke that to me, it just doesn't. I was just sitting there going like, why is there a butt on my screen? And the, 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 the I think the problem with it, too, is that the movie doesn't continue from that scene. Yeah, it's not like she gets up and she does stuff and like it's a person. It's a yeah. butt on your screen. It goes black and then you're at Bill Murray and you're just like, "What? Why am I looking at a butt?" That's that's all I kept thinking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Why no, I, I, I I can't really defend that one so much. <laughs> um, yeah, but I mean, I think, I, but yeah. So we'll, I'll I'll just go on. I'll just carefully step past that yeah um and um i'll go to like the the bill murray stuff after that i i quite enjoy i laughed at a a bunch of stuff that he deals with um i like that when he has a shower it doesn't go high enough Mm -hmm. um and stuff like that it it, which i know kind of seems like it's a joke about like a short joke um but i think that a lot of the what the movie's kind of getting at is these people don't fit in in the world. Um, Can yeah. I just say one quick thing? Sure. If you pay attention to the the shower head that's in there, the reason why I laughed at it is that that's one of the shower heads you can pick up. Yeah, one hundred percent. It goes higher than that. So I was like, <laughs> I was like, you could just pick it up. Yeah. <laughs> you know, go all over. Yeah, but yeah. I mean, that's. I think a lot of the because it's it's a movie about isolation. And it uses a foreign country um, as an other, which mm-hmm. is which is totally true. But I think that what it's getting at is about that these people don't fit in no matter where they are. Um, and it's just using this as a tool to convey that in a much more explicit way. So I, I don't know if I've said this on here before, if you know this, but I lived in Japan for five months. In 2007, it was after this movie came out, but I hadn't seen this movie until after I came back. Um, And that's one of the reasons why I feel I have a soft spot for this movie, because when I watch it, I'm like, yeah, I did that. Oh, I know how that feels like. Oh, I get it. You know, because you do feel isolated because it's more than just not being able to talk to people because their written language as well as is also completely different from our language. You can't read a sign. You can't, you can't communicate on any level, you know, you can't, you don't even know how to like look up a word properly for you to be able to translate something, to say something to someone. Cause even if you go to somewhere like Spain or France, any of the countries like a romantic language and has our alphabet, 
you can figure out a sign, you can figure out how to look something up, you can figure out how to interact. But there where you have no connection to anything, the isolation hits you so hard, so quickly. Yeah. You get so lost. And that's how she's feeling when her husband's not there. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and it's it's that she's lost as well after college. Like she doesn't know what she wants to do Mm -hmm. either. And then he's coming off of his career is sort of on the decline and he's lost in like what he's going to do next as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so just putting them in this as fish out of water, it doesn't feel like quite like it's fish out of water to me. It feels like they are inhabiting a place they don't fit. And I think that that's just supposed to be how they are because they deal with people from the West as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and they hate them. Like they, they don't mesh with those people at all. Um, do you think that's what it is though when they deal with people from the west I think I I actually think it's more about the fact that uh, them being lost together and they're unsure of their next step is the thing that makes them connect but the people from the west I don't think I, I think there's a lack of understanding of their experience for the people of the west um than an isolation from them, if you know what I mean. Um, I think it more of is an alienation rather than than isolate. Like, I mean, who are the other white people in this movie? Right? We have uh, Spike Jones. I mean, Giovanni Ribisi. <laughs> um, yeah, and then and his wife on the phone. Yes, and Anna Ferris. And Anna, Anna Ferris. Yeah, and like every time you're dealing with any of those, those people don't fit in. Like, they don't fit with them either. Like, and I, I've, I'm somebody that has felt like they don't fit in. I think that's a rather universal experience, right? Like, yeah. I, I have felt like the world isn't, you know, I'm not really down with every, what everyone else is into and all that kind of stuff. And mm-hmm. uh, I, I grew up in a place where I didn't speak the language um, as well. I grew up in, in Quebec and, I, and I, my French sucks. Um, I've been to the hospital with a broken bone and not known what the doctor was saying to me. Yeah. Um, it's it's sort of like uh, it's definitely something and this movie kind of gets that feeling pretty well yes it does yeah it does i think i think that's why like you and me connect to it so well because you're like i've been i've done this yeah and you are portraying it correctly right that's it yeah yeah I mean, and I, I, I went to Japan um, about four years ago for, for a week, not for five months like you. That's very jealous of that. But mm-hmm. um, <laughs> what's funny is like, I because I, I saw this when it came out. So I, I knew and it was in my mind when I was planning my trip. And um, I went there and, and I was like, man, yeah, no one no one's talking with me. I'm very isolated. This is the best. <laughs> <laughs> really? Yeah. I was like, oh, my God, everyone's leaving me alone. This is fantastic. No, that, <laughs> Well, I guess I had a slightly different experience because so I I lived while I was there. I lived in a place called uh, Motewata, which is about half an hour outside of Tokyo. And there's no black people there. Yeah. Um, so one of the first things that happened to me when I got there um so so a guy met me he was a, a british dude um so I was, I was doing the the teaching english things that's why i was there um so they sent a person to take you home because my roommate was on vacation she wasn't going to be there so this guy took me and so we get off the train and one of the first thing that happens was i got pointed at a lot 
And now as a person in North America, you don't get pointed at, you don't get stared at. And when you do, you're like, what the hell is your problem? Is your first reaction. (laughs) They were just really excited. Like, what the fuck is that? It's a black person. What? I've never seen one in real life. So it's very uncomfortable. And so I got to my apartment. The guy's like, you're good. He leaves. And I was just like, and Tracy starts to cry. That was the first thing I did when I got there. Cause I was in an apartment by myself in a place where I didn't know anybody. Couldn't talk to anybody. Didn't have a phone. Didn't have anything. And I was just like, I don't know what to do now. What have I done? Uh, so yeah, that isolation is real. Oh yeah. No, I, I've definitely heard that that is, that is a thing. I mean, I didn't live there. So like I was there for a week on vacation, not Mm -hmm. the same experience. It's slightly um, different. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Uh, I know I've, I, since if I, since I Googled Japan once, that's all I get on YouTube now. So <laughs> like, it'll just be like this British guy lives in Japan and here's what he says about it. And I'll take the bait and listen to it. And and they do talk about like, Oh, I'm lonely as hell all the mm. time. Um, it, it's really, the know. thing that's really funny is you actually get used to not understanding things. So you tune things out, <laughs> but as soon as you hear, like somebody speaking English or a language you understand, you pick it up and you seek out that person. It happens. Yeah. It'd be like, Wait, that person said tomato. That's what that happened. That person said tomato. I know, but it's true. That's literally what happens. That's why we're there. Like I remember once we were in a, um, so me and my roommate were in a store just buying stuff. And this dude just randomly comes up to us, just like holding stuff. And he's like, I heard English and I had to come say hello. And I was like, okay, fine. <laughs> Like that was just it. And we're like, we get it. And then yeah. he was our friend. That was it. Oh, because, that's nice. You know, it was one of those things. And it's and it's true. It's what happens because you feel this isolation. You feel so disconnected. So as soon as there's something even slightly familiar, you like gravitate towards it. And you're like, this is a thing I'm doing now. That's it. Yeah. Um, I I went in my trip, I really appreciated the fact that um I obviously don't speak Japanese. Like <laughs> Like they assume a white person does it. And guess what? In this case, they were correct. And <laughs> and so they looked at me um, with the white guy with a beard and go, hello. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it does happen. Where are you from? <laughs> what is and the I greatest- went, hey, how do you? Yeah, okay. <laughs> that's what he just about konnichiwa. And that's, that's it. That's all you got to do. And I'm like, I have and, no, I can't see. Okay. So I grew up in Quebec. I can say bonjour pretty good. Yeah. If I go into a store and I go bonjour, and they'll first of all, if they don't detect my accent, which most of the time they do, um, they'll start talking to me, not where I want to go. <laughs> that is true. You know, yeah. that is true. Yeah. Pretending I know anything, not going to help me in this situation. The, um, what was great about my trip to Japan is I could be the stupidest person in the room everywhere I went. Yeah. <laughs> and, and no one would expect know. anything of. <laughs> nope. No, they would not. That is like, very that guy can't do anything. I'm like, you're right. I can't. <laughs> That's just it. Yep. This is fine. <laughs> can't do anything at all. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh, travel is fun. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Anyway, so these guys didn't take that well. So they, um, I mean, there's, I, I think, I mean, they're both there for sort of business work, right? Like mm-hmm. uh, Spike Jones is there shooting a band and meets Cameron Diaz. I mean, not Cameron Diaz. Um, not Cameron Diaz. And yep. no, not Cameron <laughs> Diaz at all. Definitely not. She would <laughs> totally. never be there 
promoting a dumb action movie that she made in the early 2000s. Oh, no, not at all. No. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, by the way, those seeds are so funny. Um, like the she's... look on on Charlotte's face while um, her husband is talking to the to Anna Fair's character, just like the look of disdain in her face as this woman is talking made me laugh so hard because I have been in like I am that person. I am yeah. the person that listens to a person talking and go, <laughs> it's like, oh, I cannot stand this person. Yeah. Um, but I'm going to kind of be polite, but everyone else around me will know that I'm tortured, tor- being tortured. Yeah. Yeah. I have a, even before the pandemic where it's gotten worse because half my face is usually hidden. Mm-hmm. I have always had a hard time hiding my expression or my dislike or my disgust at things. Like I just, my lip just, does things automatically um and people are just like what's wrong with your face i'm like oh sorry nice to meet you <laughs> um i i um I've, I've had times in my life where i was not the happiest person um yeah. you know periods uh rather than moments but you know mm-hmm. um and um i remember i was walking through the mall and i saw somebody i knew and he's like why are you scowling and i went <laughs> You know what? I don't know. <laughs> I'm sure I was. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a line I wrote. I wrote this line down because I don't think I noticed it before. Uh, there's a line later in, in Lost in Translation where they're talking about the first time they saw each other. And Bill Murray says, um, that wasn't the first time you saw me or the, that was not the first time I saw you. It was in the elevator. And she's like, oh, did I scowl at you? And I went, oh, I'm you. Yeah. I am that person. <laughs> I, yeah. This is why I connect with this movie so much. Yeah. No, I <laughs> am very I'm, much that person too, because yeah. um, I have been diagnosed with resting bitch face. Um, so good stuff. If, By the way, congrats. Like thank that's, you. I think that's yes. a, that's a, that's a badge of honor now. It is. So it's like, you got best resting bitch face. I'm like, you rule. You know yeah. what? <laughs> Everybody else. Fuck all they deserve it. <laughs> because, well, because the, the, the reason why I know I have this problem is because I didn't realize it, but if I'm out by myself and I'm just listening to music or I have my headphones on or whatever, I I'm not smiling like a lunatic. I'm sorry. I don't I don't have this like, yay, everything is great. Look at me. I don't have that look on my face, Um, but I bump into people in public and they're like, oh, is everything okay?" I'm like, yeah, but I was just walking. That's it. You know, Um, so, yeah, I I actually have this problem. And like if if somebody thinks I saw them but I didn't and but I have this like blank stare that looks kind of angry they're just like why are you mad at me and I'm like what are you talking about I didn't even see you yesterday what Mm. it's it's a whole thing yes well first of all city walking deserves a scowl I think so city walking also I have also been told to smile more (laughs) from a stranger yes yeah, women uh, think that's hilarious, but uh, I tell them that. I'm also I've also been pushed aside by the small of my back before. Yeah. Well, <laughs> and everyone's like, that's hilarious. And I'm like, mm, no, I never liked it when you guys got that either. <laughs> yeah. Well, the, the thing is, is that I don't think they think it's hilarious because they think no, it's actually funny. No, it's I, more I like, oh, now you know. Oh yeah, no, what yeah. I already knew. Yeah. Because <laughs> I'm just saying, I, oh, I already knew that. I didn't need to learn a lesson. <laughs> 
<laughs> but I, I don't I, touch I get, people. Yeah, I get the I get the uh, the. Why don't you smile more? You'd be so much prettier if you smiled more. What's wrong, girl? Give us a smile. I'm like, what the? Who the fuck are you? Like, it's yeah. just it's so aggravating. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. No, that's yeah. Mm. So much pretty if you smelled more is the stupidest <laughs> fucking thing. No. Yeah. Well, you know, all those hot ladies and all those magazines that they're smiling. Yeah, <laughs> not so much. Uh, yeah, look at those Dior commercials <laughs> with the uh, Sofia Coppola. They're not smiling. No. Well, some of them they are. It's called smoldering. Yes. Or smizing. Yeah. Smize. No, I, I, I prefer seething. That's what I usually have. <laughs> what I usually am doing as I walk down the street. Or what What was it like uh, during the like the late 90s, early 2000s when the look was heroin chic, they used to call Ugh. it, where they were all like they, they were always too skinny and sweaty looking and just kind of like, I'm upset. I might throw up in five minutes. I'm like, what yeah. are you? What? No. Yes. Yeah. Not not uh, not a good time for fashion photography. I don't mm-hmm. think no one told them to smile more. Yeah. Everybody was like, you guys need to take a shower. Let me take a picture first. OK, now you can go. <laughs> Oh, it was disgusting. I feel like that wasn't the end of the photos in, in the <laughs> early 90s. Like, I feel like that guy is gross. Yeah. <laughs> it was a very odd time, I think. Yeah. So uh, Bill Murray's in Japan for uh, a photo shoot because it's yes. Santori time. Yes. For which is uh, a real when... which is a real whiskey. Yeah. Is it? It's whiskey, right? Yeah. OK. Mm. I was just wondering. I was like, is it brandy? Is it whiskey? Is it the whiskey? Um, I I. I do think the scene where the photographer's talking for a really long time and it's just <laughs> with intensity. I think that's pretty funny. Yeah. Um, <laughs> He's like, are I you really, sure that's what he said? Like, yeah. is, is there no more? <laughs> like, I, and I think that there's, I mean, that's, that, those kind of things are definitely questionable because mm-hmm. um, it is, that is sort of giggling a little bit at the culture. Like he is saying those things from what mm-hmm. I, from I've, I've read once that like, somebody watched it translating it's like no he is saying it it's just he's saying it in the most possible formal way possible yeah so like he's just saying it like with the most amount of words uh that you could um which is the the formal language because formal language in japanese is very different from casual language it is yeah. um, from from what i understand mm-hmm. um as a white person that does not understand any of it um <laughs> But uh, so, I mean, it, it, but I don't think that I'm quite laughing at that. I think I'm laughing at the feeling that I know that uh, Bob has where he's just like, uh, OK, what's happened? Like, just like the not understanding what's happening is where I'm getting most of my comedy from this movie, not necessarily at the people that are talking different. Yeah, no. I don't I don't actually think they're making fun of the culture or fun of the people in any way, shape or form in this movie, which is surprising to me. Um, but I I do think they're more um, focusing on the the literal like like that scene specifically is actually lost in translation, like just yeah. the, the nuance and, and all that kind of stuff. But if you're in a place where you don't know what's going on and for us, turn to the left is a short phrase, but for them, turn to the left. Uh, please, sir, if you wouldn't mind, uh, yeah. is much longer. So for you in your brain, you're like, that's that small phrase could not have been what he said. Right. You know, um, and, you know, you're just you're just trying to make that connection. And because you don't know the language and because you don't understand, you have to go by someone's 
translation of things that you don't actually know. You don't know if you can trust them. You don't know if she's just being nice. You no. know, like he could he could be saying, "You're look at this fucking moron. Like, why didn't you just do this? It's simple." And she's yeah. like, "Just smile." Is that really what he's saying? You know, but yeah, no, it's you have it's, to depend on these people. I mean, I think also like your interpretation of those kind of scenes depends on the way that you react to misunderstandings. Mm. Um, so like in, in a situation where I don't understand what a person with a heavy accent is saying to me, I feel bad. Like, yeah. I feel like it's my fault for not understanding. And I wish that I did. Um, and then that's probably because I grew up in a place where I tried to speak the language unsuccessfully. So yeah. I have a lot of empathy for people speaking to me in a language they don't understand. Um, so I'm going to go way over trying to like meet them halfway. Like I'm really trying to like be as nice as possible and being very thankful for them speaking to me. So like, but if you're somebody that doesn't think that, that you could think that this is sort of making light of people trying to speak a language that they don't speak very well. Yeah. Um, I do. There is a couple instances where the LR thing is probably not tastefully handled um, in this. Um, the other joke that I cannot defend is the black toe joke that Bill and oh, Marie yeah, makes. No, that, like, that, later that was on. a little too far. Yes. Yeah, I can't. And I'm like, oh, I cannot defend that one. That yeah. one's pretty rough. Um, that also feels like an ad lib. <laughs> it does, was. right? Yes. <laughs> it feels like that's the end of the scene that was supposed to end and Bill Murray kept going for a little while. And they're um, like, it's funny. Keep it in. And then you're like, yeah. is it? Are you sure? It's not so much, not so much 20 years later. No, uh, no. but it was, it was definitely okay at the time. Cause I didn't even clock it uh, yeah. when I was a teenager. Um, I don't like honestly watching it. I didn't even remember that scene. So I was like, okay. Me neither. I remember they went to the hospital. I remember that yes. part. I thought the scene at the hospital is great actually. Um, yeah, him, the old guy and him trying to uh, he's trying to like ask him a question because, you know, it's yeah. a question because he says uh, so questions in, in Deska. Um, so sure. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so so like so I know he's asking him a question. Right. I actually looked up what the question was and the question was, how long have you been in Japan? That's right. the question the guy was trying to ask him. Yeah. And, um, and that's why he kept going like fly here right. Let's, right, let's right, right. but it's true like if you have no clue what they're saying his movements make uh, no sense oh no i didn't know what he was saying yeah but the, um the thing that makes that scene for me is the two ladies behind yeah. them killing laughing themselves. their ass off yeah killing themselves yeah I well i mean good. that's i mean that's kind of a counter argument to kind of the argument about um like the because there's there's a lot of talk about orientalism around this movie um, and exoticizing and kind of um, and, and make it and, and laughing at another culture. But I mean, there's that scene of the movie where those two ladies, they're laughing at him, not knowing what's going on Yeah, like that. And that is and like essentially pointing and laughing. And it's, yeah. you know, that's just sort of how it is. Um, mm -hmm. um, for what I understand in a lot in, in I think it's China, they think white people speaking Chinese is hilarious. They, they like think, it's, they think that in Japan too. They worry. do. Oh, yes. maybe I, I'm confused. I don't remember exactly which one it was. I, I've heard of things people being on like variety shows as for, and they're brought in as foreigners and, mm -hmm. and things like that. So, you know, it's it's sort of like a it's a difficult thing to kind of do. Um, yeah. Well, I think also just representing a different culture than your own in anything, 
you have to be prepared to um, be criticized of your representation of it because no. your representation of the culture is like unless you unless you've lived in it for a long time is very high level. You're like I like like if I decided to make a movie on going to Kathmandu and my only knowledge is the week I went there one time. Yep. It's my knowledge of their culture is going to be much different than somebody who is born in the culture and how they represent it. And to be honest, I think, I think Sophia, she does romanticize certain parts of it. Um, but I don't think she does an offensive job. Yeah. Um, I think she does a quite, she does, does, does it justice, but it's, it's supposed yeah. to be coming from these visitors point of view. Yeah. So I, I guess that kind of makes sense. Yeah, it sort of functions as a travel log as well. Yeah. Um, so like anytime you see a, a, tra- a travel log, it, you can't really get too deep into where you are. Yeah. I mean, you can kind of they, they explain a little bit. They go to shrines. They go to like th- things like that that are in like the, the flower ceremony and things like the uh, flower arrangement ceremony and stuff, which are yeah. like legit things that you do. Um, but uh it's it's definitely like you're getting bits and pieces and glimpses as to what things are like here. You're not. It, I don't think the movie is trying to say like, well, this is what it's like. We yeah. got it in a week. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I do think it's a fair criticism of the movie. Um, I just in in the way that I receive the movie and the way that the movie makes me feel about what I'm seeing, I don't feel that way. Like I don't react in the same way as as people that would criticize it for for those things would feel. If that makes sense. Yeah. No, no, no. I I get it. Yeah. Yeah. I guess, I guess my experience there, I, I don't even know how to say this. Like, I don't feel the same way as they do, but I understand those experiences. If you understand what I mean? Yeah. Um, So to me, from an outsider point of view, it makes sense. But from an insider point of view, it's probably just like you got shit wrong. Yeah. I th- yeah. But I think that's with anything. Yeah. And and I think it also like the movie kind of painstakingly shows different aspects of things, um, mm-hmm. like different things that Charlotte does. She, like she'll go to the shrine, she'll go to the flower arrangement, and then she'll meet up with some friends and they'll go to like an arcade and a karaoke bar. And like it's sort of different facets and it is showing different areas of the culture like it is very different high and low but that's um, that a, she's doing right but that's what you do when you're a tourist you yeah do the things like i've yeah. heard about their arcades and i've heard about their shrines and that's what you do right sure so so within the movie you see the different places she goes where did you go when you were in japan uh well i've been i went to the scramble crossing of shibuya of course, um, yes. So I, I did that. I mean, are we talking about things that were in this movie that I went to, or just in general? Well, in general, and if they were in this movie, it's a plus. I think I think the only place that I went to was that those was the Scramble Crossing. Um, granted, that's the most like iconic and easily figure outable <laughs> like mm-hmm. thing that they've done. Um, I mean, I did go to shrines and things like that, um, just to kind of like walk around. I walked a lot. I did some record shopping. Um, I ate a lot of noodles. <laughs> That's part of um, it. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, that, I think my just going back to like nobody talked to me the whole time. It was amazing. Um, I I didn't. 
I have a lot of anxiety about speaking um, to people that don't speak the same language as me, mm-hmm. uh, just based on the way that I grew up. Um, and so I'm like, this is amazing. I could just get it from a vending machine. I can hit the little button, gives me a ticket. I give a ticket to a person. They don't say a word. <laughs> it's amazing. And the food is so good. And it was so good. It's so good. You yes. would think that like me getting it, going to a random place and getting like a, a ticket from a machine with the food I want on it would not be good food, but it is so good. Delicious. Yes. Um, but uh, so uh, the funny thing is, while I was in Japan, I didn't go to any shrines because I'm a horrible oh. person. Um, but I did do the definitely did a bunch of touristy spots. So like the the crossing, um, Harajuku, uh, Ueno Park. Um, did uh, you go to Akihara it? as well? The, the electric town? I did. Yes. Oh. Um, I actually went down there twice because one day I went through the wrong exit and I couldn't find it. And I just walked around some random area. That's how I know people laugh at you when you try to talk their language. Um, Because like I had like a book with me that had like phrases and I'd be like, I'd be like, how do I get to Akihabara? And they'd be like, and I was like, Mm. why are you laughing at me? Just point in a direction, please. You know? And then they just whisper at each other. And I was like, did I say it wrong? I was like, I don't even know. And then I just walk away. It was great. Oh, yeah. No, uh, I had to have somebody <laughs> did have to help me in a sushi restaurant once. Once, Yeah, um, it was one of the it was a conveyor belt sushi place. And I just didn't understand that I had to sit at a specific place um, because I got like a number. And I was like, what does this number mean? And then like, first of all, everyone there was so nice to me um because I'm so obviously stupid there mm-hmm. um, that there's like, no, you do the thing you and he like pointed his number and then the thing on the thing. I'm like, oh, okay. And he, by the way, the sweetest, like most beautiful couple of like, they looked like they were from like a, like a, a J-pop drama. Okay. Like they were both just like, <laughs> I, in my head, he was like wearing a suit and she was wearing like a white dress and it was yeah. just like perfect. And then for um, some reason, like cherry blossoms were just falling around yeah, them all exactly. the time. It was, they, they were just like very beautiful people. Um, and um and then, and then help this dumb idiot <laughs> that didn't know where to sit to get food. Yes. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. I also went to the the Ghibli the Studio Ghibli Museum. Okay. That was fun. Um, I don't know if that existed in 2007. I don't know. Not sure. It's it's not, not in Tokyo there. proper. It's a it's a bit outside the city. Well, yeah. Um, like I went I went out to like I had no problem taking the trains and stuff. So like I went out to yeah. like Wayno and stuff where they it's the area where they actually like shoot all like the game shows and stuff. And we tried to get into it and we couldn't. Oh, okay. um, but then there was like this crazy like indoor mall that was set up like um like if it was Venice. And so the middle was painted blue and the top was like clouds and stuff. And the walls were all painted to look like stones and rocks. Sorry, are you but sure you weren't in Las Vegas? I was not. I you promise. were not in Las Vegas because that is like there is a Caesars Palace mall that you're describing. Well, it's exactly I mean, the same. Maybe it's owned by the same people. Who knows? But it was all like at fancy stores like Versace and, and all that kind of stuff in there. That's that's all that was in there. And I was like, I can't buy anything, but I'll touch all this stuff sure cool yes (laughs) i I don't think i went to any mall um i went to i mean i i went to like an underground city Mm -hmm. um like under like tokyo station in tokyo oh i was Um, down there yes yeah i got lost there looking for a noodle place for 40 minutes (laughs) 
the funny thing is I only ate there twice. And once oh. I had, I was an Italian place, um, which was the thing that drives me crazy is they want to put an egg on top of everything. And so any okay. pasta dish I ordered, they wanted to put an egg on it. I was like, I was like, and I was trying to say no egg the whole time. And I got no, an egg on it. I'm going, no, give me more yeah. tamago, baby. More <laughs> no. tamago. I hated it so much. I, I love eggs on everything. I love oh. like, have you have you had Wendy's breakfast yet? No. So you can get a baconator with an egg on it, and it's amazing. <laughs> it's not. It's not a like no my and I, not like a runny egg. egg. It's like okay, a good. it's like a McMuffin egg. That's fine. No, that's my thing. I don't want a runny egg. I don't okay. want a raw egg. I don't you know people who have like the softball egg and they crack over and they dip toast in it. That is nauseating to me. If I'm in a ramen place, I will order the egg a special. If it doesn't come with an egg, I'm adding an egg in. <laughs> I love it. I love man. it. It's so good. No. Oh. Not even soft boil. Like you don't like a ready yolk. Ever? No. You, just, like, you mm-hmm. want a hard boil egg? Yes. It has okay. to be cooked. I want it. Oh, cooked. okay. Yes. Oh, no. I mean, I don't, I don't like a cloud. I don't like the cloudy white. Yeah. Like I, I want the white to be solid. But I like that runny yolk. Got to get is, that runny yolk. That, oh. Like, you know, when you see like cooking shows and they have like the poached egg and stuff, they're yeah. like, and then they like, they put it on something that looks all pretty and then they cut into the egg and then like the stuff oozes out over it. Uh-huh, and uh-huh, I'm just uh-huh. like, and I will never eat that. Throw mm. away. Mm-mm. Nope. Give those eggs to me. <laughs> no. More Tamago. <laughs> they, they love it. They have the that character like that. Uh, I think it's a Japanese character, right? The lazy egg guy. Oh, yes. Yeah, um, he's on is, everything. Is he is he Japanese? Maybe. I don't know. He was. Well, when I was I'll, I'll say I don't know if he's uh, a Japanese or not, but he was on so many things when I was in, in Japan. He was very popular. Well, I find there's cute things of everything on everything. Mm-hmm. I'm on board to be that just seems to be a thing. Yes. Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm on board with that. I mean, it's sort of like if sort of like the the thing with this movie is like if you think weird is good it's it's great like you're 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 on board with like what are you talking about like weird being bad like it's i I, when i say something's weird it means it's great yes so like it's i think that's sort of like the the central crux of the movie too because it's sort of like it is an other experience right like it is it is showing these people as being different but i think that the different is what makes that and the culture interesting to me like that's what that's my entry point i don't think they actually show anything that weird in this movie that's that's really like i i think the people are are confused and feel out of place yes but they don't show the weird stuff in japan like that's right the, the stuff they showed was pretty normal just they yeah. just didn't understand it. Like being at a photo shoot or be do shooting a commercial and having a director yell at you is pretty normal, but he just didn't understand. Or, yeah. you know, um You're right. It doesn't really portray it as being that different. I kind of never thought of that. No, it's, it's just, not, I mean, they just go like they go to I mean, they go to like karaoke bars, they'll go to like the arcades are different, but like mm-hmm. all that all that stuff is really cosmetic differences more than yes. anything. Yeah, like one thing with with Japanese um, arcades is that most of their games have they're all like movement based, like you have to move your whole body. 
right. compared to here where, yeah, you had Dance Dance Revolution, which was like mm-hmm. 90% of it. Um, but you no, know, everything is just like the joystick and the button. So you just stood still. Yeah. Like there is just like, it's a lot of music stuff. It's a lot of like actions and, and all that kind of stuff. Based Did you go to that big arcade in Kawasaki? Uh, no, I didn't make it to Kawasaki. So I did that. Yes. Um, that is the closest I've been to like, I don't know what the hell is happening. <laughs> <laughs> I think the thing too, is that a lot of those places are a sensory overload spaces. Like, because they're so loud, there's so many lights, everything's yeah. flashing at you. Um, p- there's lots of movement in general, not just from the games, but people moving around yeah. and stuff. And also when you don't know the language, you just hear things yelling at you and stuff. And you're just like, I don't know what to do is the automatic yeah. Yeah, reaction. Well, like, I mean, I've, I've knocked onto a ton of arcades in my life. I've been to some. And I so I walk into this place and I and it's it's awesome. Like it's mm-hmm. decked out with all this like cool like theme stuff. Like it's all steampunked out and and all that kind of stuff. And and there's a bunch of games and things. And I'm like, it, just the most banal thing, which is like, does this take money or does this take token? <laughs> yeah. And I and I still don't know. I never figured it out. Yeah. <laughs> um. I did end up going to a machine, putting um a thousand yen in, and mm-hmm. I got like a bucket full of things, and I went okay. Does this go to the video games, <laughs> or what is this? And it turned out it was for one of those machines, like you, like you know those games where you like drop tokens in and then it like pushes them. Yeah, yeah. It was like those kind of games. Okay. So I just played those for like two hours because I had a bucket full of tokens. And you're just like, I don't want to walk around. And, I, and yeah. I'm like, I just gotta burn these, and I kept <laughs> winning more. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I think the tokens you can put back in the machine and get money back. What? Yeah. <laughs> no, there's no way that that's true. Well, no, yeah. I lost so much fucking money because of that. Then. <laughs> it's essentially like those. That's what those things are for. Like the what thing where the coins come off is. That's like it's it's like um it's like roulette almost. It's like you put a thing in, put a thing in, you get money back out of it. You just exchange. Well, apparently I was gambling and didn't know. So, <laughs> yeah, because the, the funny thing is, is you're not allowed to gamble in, in Japan, but they have what is it? Is it called Pachinko? What is it called? Yeah, Pachinko. Yeah, Pachinko. That's, 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 those are definitely in this movie. They have the Pachinko halls. Yeah, yeah. they have the Pachinko halls and they have those, but you're not allowed to use money in it. Right. So it's not considered gambling, but you use coins uh, that you can yes. exchange for money. So what you're saying so. is they fooled me like the government. Yes. So you lost your money for no reason. <laughs> That's true. I really didn't know that. It's mm-hmm. so funny. <laughs> I would have gotten it back too. Yeah. I would have done it. Uh instead I just look like a degenerate who just lost all his money. They're like um, that's like six thousand dollars. Yeah. And I'm Why like, I just gotta I just gotta do it. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, they had yeah. all these like elaborate things too. Like, I don't know. Those games are really they I had a good time doing it, but I thought mm-hmm. it was just like, well, I guess I'm just paying to play this more. This thing, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, I went into um where was I? I don't know. I went to like so many random places because like, so one of the things is we'd have schools in different areas. Um, so I just go to like a different school, like every week or a couple mm-hmm. of weeks or mm-hmm. something. And so I'd be in different areas. And um, so like one of the schools I, I was at was, I think they call it like jokingly call it like the poop building or something. 
the beer. Um, it's a place where the it's a it's a beer company, and they have this building that looks like it's supposed to look like a mug with a drop of alcohol, like a drop of beer going into the top. So it's gold at the top, right? I don't I don't want to I don't want to be too much of like a white person, but like they are light years ahead of us. That's amazing. Yeah, but the <laughs> all our is, buildings should be things. So, but the thing is, is that. Due to building regulations, they couldn't have the drop going straight down. So they laid it on the side. So it looks like a golden turd at the top of the building. Okay. <laughs> um, so, so yeah, I saw that. I was like across the street from that building was one of the schools I was in. Um, I just, <laughs> with golden poop. Let's yes, see. I'm sure that'll come up with the first. I'm sure the first it, result will be that. It is. It's actually. <laughs> <laughs> I just searched golden poop. Oh, cool. The no, building I, I found that I was near in Japan. First I, result. <laughs> I put, no, I put beer building with golden poo. Okay, there you go. It's okay. <laughs> and it's the Ashai Beer Hall is what it's called. Um, and yeah, it just looks like a, a, yeah, it looks like a turd on the top of it. I... Yeah, that's it. And yeah, I just, just, I just think it's funny it. that you put in like such a, the idea that you put in such a, a vague thing for <laughs> it's it would be like if I was to like Google like what is the uh what what's the origin of the term booby trap? Well, I'll just write in booby and see if that comes up as anything. Maybe that'll tell me the answer I need. Yes. Well, well, for that one specifically, you do have to have on your um your filters. So oh, okay. Yes. Scandal. I think even then it wouldn't work. I feel like if booze would still get through. <laughs> <laughs> like if you just wrote boobies into into, they're like, into they're Google. Like, they're like female mammary glands. Yeah, like, it would or it would show you a bird. Like one of those booby birds <laughs> with the weird it, the, feet. It's the the blue footed booby. Yeah. It's it's blue, yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I'm doing a research project on tit mice, so. (laughs) Isn't tit mouse a bird, which I always thought was weird. Is it? I think so. So is it tit mouses then? No, I think it's just called a a tit mouse. But is it? What's the plural? Yeah, no, a tit mouse is a bird. It's a tuft tit mouse. Tufted tit mouse. Yeah, that's a that is actually quite fun to say. Yeah. Yep. Um, yeah, the, the funny thing is the only reason why I, I, I ever looked that up was because there's that animation company called Titmouse and they do yes. like a whole bunch of stuff, but their logo is a bird. And I was like, why the fuck is it a bird? Yep. And I looked it up and I was like, oh, a Titmouse is a bird. It's not yeah, a rodent. They, they do like they do a weird amount of like children's shows, too. Yes, they do. Um, I mean, I guess it's funny sounding, but yeah. Like, I don't know. Makes more sense when it's on like a teen to adult show, but when it's on a show for eight-year-olds, you're like, this is feels like a weird joke for the end of the show. It yeah. Um, but they've done uh what was the they do that um Netflix show with the the hormone demons and stuff. Oh, they do uh uh, uh Big Mouth. Big yeah. Mouth, there we go. Yes. Yeah. No, that works for that show totally. Totally, yeah. Anyways, why are we talking about this? I don't know. <laughs> Oh, yeah. The poop building. Sorry. Poop building. Yes. Um, also, something you shouldn't Google. <laughs> don't say don't just put poop building. Don't. <laughs> oh, um, sorry. Filters off, please. <laughs> OK, well, OK. So apparently I made a mistake. I always thought it was supposed to be a beer drop, but apparently it's supposed to be a flame. OK, those are different things. Those are very different things. 
Yeah, it's it's colloquially referred to as the golden turd. It's uh, what is it? Kin no unko is apparently how you say it in Japanese. I think my favorite um, English thing that I saw in Japan, uh, it was the day I was leaving and there was a place that had on the outside of the building, it said romance slots. <laughs> that just makes me think it's like a room with glory holes. Like, I don't know I don't... what that was. I, I'm assuming <laughs> that it was some sort of bedding parlor. Okay. You never um, know. <laughs> but I took a picture. Yeah. And went, I need to get on my train. <laughs> yeah. I don't well, one of the, the the funniest thing I found about there is that um a lot of places played uh North American music, like English music. Yes. Uh, with English lyrics and stuff, and they'd play like hip hop and, and all that kind of stuff with no idea. Like I'd walk into like a kid's shoe store. And, you know, I'd be like, motherfucking day, you know, mm-hmm. it's like, what is th- these are children, oh. but then they have no idea what they're saying. So to them, it's just it's just noise. So uh, um, Childish Gambino's This Is America was big the year I went. <laughs> Did they play it everywhere? 100 <laughs> <laughs> percent. And I went, this feels wrong. <laughs> so wrong. That's, a, that's a cool leather jacket, but. Yeah, that's sort of not a happy song, man. <laughs> no, not at all. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yes. There were so many like like language things that I found very entertaining. Like I would tell people I'm from Toronto and for some reason they would drop the O all the time. So they'd be like, you're from Toronto. And I'm like, no, it's Toronto. You know what? I'd let him get away with it. I yep. mean, my my job was, it is. my job was to teach them English. I wasn't allowed oh, okay. to let them get away. With well, it. OK, so to, to you, how does this like this movie is a is a romantic comedy? Yeah. Um, in a way, how does it function for you as that? Um, it doesn't uh, okay. function as a romantic comedy. Uh, when I think about the romantic part, I get grossed out already because of the ages. Okay. Um, but I also. I mean, there is definitely a connection between the two characters being presented on screen. But until this watching, I have always thought of it more as a she is looking at him as a father figure, not as a love interest. Um, And he's not really a dirty old man, but like, again, midlife crisis. I'm looking for somebody younger kind of thing. They brought up several times. But when I when I looked at it this time until the very end, really, I, I'm not I don't see I see it as like two friends. Yeah. Being friends. No, I, I agree. I mean, I think it's it's romance without any sexuality. Yeah. Like it's like a platonic romance. Then, yes. I guess, which which I, I personally I, I find that to be a that, that's why I like this movie so much. Mm-hmm. I think that's so I think that's a great line. I think that's a really great, interesting relationship to where it's sort of like. They have feelings for each other that may or may not be romantic. They are they neither of them are planning on acting on it. It sort of blows up when he has an affair with the lounge singer. Yes. And she's rather mad about that, which I think is also a really interesting emotion to show. As well, well, I think she's mad about it because I think it's more along the lines as of somebody's playing with a toy that is mine level right. you know what i mean that kind of just like no i thought we were friends i thought we exactly. were doing stuff together yeah 
I don't think at that point she's like, I want to have sex with you. Yeah, like, exactly. I was planning on it. It was yeah. more along with like, oh, you're you're busy. You're you're making time for me, though. Like, I thought this is what I, we were doing. I, I thought of it as like, I thought like I thought it was like she was hurt because he didn't try with her. Like he wasn't trying. He didn't. He never made a move on her or anything like that. And she felt rejected by him, even though she didn't want it. Yeah. Like, have you ever like you ever meet um, a, a significant other of a friend of yours of the opposite sex? Mm-hmm. And like, I have two, and I go like, "The fuck is this dude?" Like, I was sort of <laughs> like, you know, you get a little bit like, you get a little like, it's not like a a, a, a it's not an emotion I'm proud of, but you yes. get a little territorial about it. You do, um, mm-hmm. which is not something that you usually see in movies. Like, I I don't think either one of them was trying to bed the other one in this movie at all. I think um, I don't I, at first I don't think she was at all like I don't think she actively she had the feelings but she wasn't actively trying to no. but I think at first he was like he was just like ooh this young hot oh, okay. here and staring at me but then that cooled down yeah. um, and I thought that was really uh, obvious in the scene you know the scene where they're like they're I know this sounds weird, but they were lying in bed together like they couldn't sleep and they were watching a movie and they're just talking to each other. Mm. And so the the shot pulls out from their faces and shows like above the bed. Yeah. And he's lying in a straight line and she's like curled up with her feet yeah. against him. So yeah. creating that barrier. And and I think that was like um, it was he grabs done, her foot at the end. Yeah. Like in a. I, I I personally found that to be just a beautiful moment. Like it was, it's an intimacy thing, not like a sexuality thing. Well, exactly. Right. Because I, I think like the way he pats her foot at first, I think he puts it there to like, to be like, Ooh, hot. But then it immediately turns into like a, you know, Hey kiddo, I believe in you and you're going to be great. Yeah. And she's just like, she's just comfortable enough that she yep. can sleep finally yeah um oh and- i didn't think of that oh my god <laughs> so <Yeah>. good <laughs> yeah oh that's so-, so beautiful that they could sleep yeah and like that, oh. that was the whole thing like their whole friendship started because they kept bumping into each other at weird hours because they couldn't yeah. sleep and they finally slept like that's the yeah. moment they start being able to fall asleep yeah that's incredible i never put that together before that's amazing yeah makes me I- like this movie so much more six stars <laughs> But I also think because of the way she's positioned, she does not, she feels the emotion and she doesn't want this to be ruined by anything. So she like physically puts herself in a position where he can't do anything without being like obtrusive about it. Okay. Um, But that also makes the moment sweeter because he really doesn't try to as well. Yeah. I, I don't think that, no, I, I don't think that he, I, I mean, I never per- picked up that he was, I mean, he is definitely, they're definitely dating. Mm-hmm. That is definitely, they're definitely going on dates. Like that is 100% what is happening, but you're taking out. I, I always saw it as like, yeah, but they're not going to act on any of this. Like, it's no. just that they're just enjoying each other's time and helping each other. Well, um, I, I think movie. on her side is because she's married and she's newly married. And I think she has a a, a moral compass that keeps her in the I'm not going to cheat on my husband bracket, um, even though there is definitely a point where she's just like, I like this old man. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's it's 
I, I, it's the portrayal of intimacy and love in this movie. I, I adore. I, mm-hmm. I think that that it's and it's so great that there's a romantic comedy that's about romance, not about like, are they going to do it? Like, because that's yeah. really what most of these movies are. right? Yeah. It's like, oh, well, is Matthew McConaughey going to bang that girl? <laughs> well, that's the thing. Like um, a lot of things that people considered romantic, consider romance or consider intimacy is sex based. Yeah. And that is also one of the reasons why this is a good movie is that they're like, no, this is a very intimate, very personable, very, it's a very deep relationship, but there's no sex involved. And that's one of the things that makes it good. It's not, it's not ruined at the end. Like if they ruined it at the end with them getting it, getting it on and then him leaving, I'd have been like, well, now you've just ruined the whole thing. Yeah. I I, kind of think the kiss at the end is not a sexual kiss. Like I, I, it, it is. I, I think it is just like them acknowledging that they love each other, and then they're not going to see each other ever again. Like that's the way I interpret that. Yeah, but I don't think it was necessary to be on the lips the way it was. Sure. Like I just, I just think you can hug a person, you can kiss them on the cheek. Like I have lots of friends that you know that i don't see very often and stuff but i don't make out with them when they're leaving oh no God, matter no. how much i care about them <laughs> stuff, right yeah so so to me the the kiss sort of we I, know nothing's gonna go past it but it does cross a certain line yeah no 100 it crosses a line yeah. um but i think that it's it's more of an acknowledgement that they've already crossed it you I know guess. what i mean but like in an emotional way yeah, because they're having an emotional affair. They're not having a sexual affair. Mm-hmm. Well, and it, it has to do with the fact that her husband is at that point in time. He's physically gone. He's on a three day trip and it's going to come back. Yeah. And but already before that, he's been so busy that he she's had nobody to talk to. Nobody to yeah, they, with nobody to, to do things with. My yeah. theory is that she will divorce him about a year later and then, <laughs> um, you know, date the dude from Phoenix. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe. Uh, so um, as I was watching this movie and I was adoring uh, the, the the love story between these two people that are uh, broken and uh, not having sex with each other, uh, I was like, oh, what have I seen this before? So there's this movie. It's called uh, In the Mood for Love, mm-hmm. uh, which is a Wong Kar Wai movie from 2000. Uh, and I actually watched it right before we sat down because I was like, I haven't seen this movie in a long time and I want to talk about it because I think it's a good topic to talk about. Um, so it's about uh, these two people that they're they're sort of neighbors, like they live in sort of these big houses like that are next to each other, but share a hallway. I don't really know how the geography of the place works, okay. um, but they found out that their husband slash their wife are having an affair with each other. Oh, OK. So in and then they they form a relationship as well. Um, and it's a similar relationship to what we're, we're seeing here, where it's like there's definitely feelings for each other. They definitely love each other. I think he's more into like the idea of them actually getting together, but she doesn't. And it's sort of like this great kind of push and pull between them. And, a, and a, once again, another intimate relationship without sort of that. Um, when are they going to bone? Um that uh, that so many of these movies have i really like kind of sad love stories i guess yeah sort of my my thing i like a melancholy ennui 
mm-hmm. um, <laughs> with my with my with like like punch drunk love. Like there's a there's a sadness that, that goes through punch drunk yeah. loves, and it's just these people that aren't happy, and then they find each other, and they're not necessarily way better, but they at least they have each other kind of stuff. Yeah. yeah, good stuff. Well, I think I think that's what most love stories are about is just you know finding that person to be with through things, right? Uh, well, I guess we all kind of do that. You know, that's just how the world works. But what's good about like movies like Punch Drunk Love and stuff is that you have these quote unquote uh, weirdos. They call him a weirdo in the movie. That's why I use that word. Um, Adam Sadler. No. What? <laughs> <laughs> um, but like, you know, it doesn't matter what kind of person you are, whether you fit in, whether you don't fit in, whether you're a little kooky, whether you're whatever, you know, there's it doesn't matter what other people see on the outside is that, you know, this is the person for you and they get you and they are the one who will go on things with you. And I think that's why this movie and I have not seen in the mood for love, so I cannot comment. I I highly recommend it. I will. I have already brought it up on my screen. I will have to look for that one. Best Um, costumes of any movie ever. Of any movie ever. I think the, the, the way that she is dressed in this movie is incredible. Mm-hmm. Like she, her dresses are just, first of all, she has so many yes. uh, because they, that's how you sort of can note how like that are different days. Mm-hmm. Like there are scenes that mix together, but she's wearing different clothes. So like, it's, oh, this has been going on a long time because she's changed several times okay. in that time, oh, but all of her okay. dresses are incredible. Okay. Yeah. I will have to have a look at that. Um, yeah. I do. I do love a good uh, basic like something that should be simple but looks amazing. You know what I mean? Like it, uh, this movie looks like a painting. Oh, it is. Okay, it's so good. I'm probably um, gonna spend half the like the first watch. I'm gonna spend half the movie going. Oh, that dress is. Oh my god, is that embroidery? Oh, wow, you know. <laughs> it also takes place in like 1962, so uh-huh. like everybody has these incredible looks. Yeah, um, um, that is that is one thing I do miss about. Um, that time period in film is that the looks were immaculate. Yeah. I mean, and the, it was this sexist, movie does that really it was, well. It was sexist and it was racist, but damn, they look good doing it. Yeah. Um, no, those, uh, yeah. Cary Grant looks really good. Like it's just sort of like, <laughs> man, <laughs> that yeah. old white man that looks like a tree. looks amazing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes. Um, but uh, what was I saying? Oh, wait, no. What was I saying? I don't know. I don't know what I'm saying anymore. That's no, okay. Well, we were kind of talking about like, uh, like these movies where there's kind of like quote unquote weirdos or kind of off the beaten path kind of people. And I think that is one of the like Lost in Translation is definitely one of those. Um, I don't think them they're necessarily weirdos. They're not the best people. Uh, no, they're neither not of the them best are, pe- are very good. Yeah, but I think it's it's just that they are two people in the same place both yep. in their mind and physically uh that connect to each other and that's why i mean i think they're trying to say like yes age doesn't quote unquote matter sometimes people connect no matter how old they are but this it's yeah. uncomfortable at certain points yeah oh yeah but i mean i i, I don't know if the movie's even uh, to me the movie's not even saying that it's mm-hmm. just these people found each other like it's not necessarily like Oh, age isn't doesn't make any difference. Like I, I kind of forget they're different ages in a way. Like just because, mm-hmm. like once again, it's 
there's very little physicality between them. Mm-hmm. Like the most is like the kiss at the very end, and then he grabs her foot. Um, well, as, as like like a hand. But to me, that's not really what it is. I think it more has to do with um, the environments that they end up in together. Like when she takes him out with her friends and they're at like the party and stuff and she leaves him alone. It's not it's not the fact that he's he's old in the crowd. It's more the fact that he's just like it's loud and there's lights. And I'm like, oh, that makes you old. Like, mm. if you know, if you know what, it, like, I just, I just think he comes across as so much older than her. Sure. Whether there's there's interaction with them or not, yeah. um, there's like a maturity yeah. level to his character that makes me sure. feel like they're different. You know, like I guess. Oh if he, yeah. If he was like, if he was more immature, or like you know, like a. Like if he was really going through a midlife crisis and acting like a, a like a, a twenty year old instead of a fifty yeah. year old, then I've been like, I would probably get over it easier. But you you see that he's much more mature than she is and much more sure. worldly than he is in a way. Yeah, I can see that. I mean, I don't think he's taking advantage of her in any way, though. Oh like, no, I don't think no, that no. he's like tricking her into thinking that he's anything but he is in fact she's the one that calls him to task for having a midlife crisis constantly yeah um which which is it i mean she is snotty like that is 100 she is what she is accused of and he is also having a midlife crisis and is a is what he is accused of being Mm. um but uh yeah i mean i mean i I didn't get quite dirty old man vibes from him uh because as i said it was very i felt felt very sweet to me like it's it's, like like when I say that, like I, I don't get dirty old man from him there. There's only like there's only like two scenes where I'm just like, ugh. Um, yeah. but that's before they even actually meet each other, like because he's like leering across at her in a couple right. of scenes before they actually talk to one another. Well, um, maybe that was like what you were talking about. It's like he heard somebody speaking English. Maybe. Maybe that's yeah. exactly what it is. But um, but it comes like but he comes across as like, ooh, there's a I, I've, I heard it. I'm looking and oh, it's a hot young girl. And she smiled at me. So like that's how that scene came across. But later on, right. they talk to each other. And I think he fi- he realizes that she's like intelligent and not trying to do anything because like the, so. So and this is compared to, you know, the scene right at the end before. He gets into his limo and that blonde girl at the elevator comes out and like walks directly to him. She's like, oh, my God. You know, right. But she's very like sultry and like, I don't care who you're talking to. I'm going to interrupt you because I'm important. Right. uh, Way like I think he was expecting that from her. Not not the intel, like because the way she talks to him is more like she doesn't know who she he is or, or anything. He's just a man at the bar. Right. Um, and I think maybe he was thinking that she's like, oh, he's famous. What can I do here? Maybe that's see, what he was expecting. I was see the way I, I'm thinking about it now um, is that so like that was that scene that you're talking about. Well, he's looking at her across the bar. That's when she's with her husband and uh, Anna Ferris and uh, another guy. Right. Like that's that scene. No, so there's so there's two scenes before. So there's so he sees her on the elevator. Mm-hmm. Um, he see, what was the other? He saw her at no. He sees her at the bar twice. He sees right. her at the bar twice. 
Um, and the first time is she's alone and looks up. Oh, he, okay. she doesn't she doesn't see him, but he sees her and he right. keeps staring at her. And then the second time is sure. when she's at the bar with Anna Ferris being all loud See, and stuff with her husband. I, I thought that that was like him watching because he's like, oh, she is not enjoying this. Like, that's how I would be watching this is like, oh, that table is really obnoxious. Oh, there's one person that is not into that. So I'm going to watch that happen for mm-hmm. a while. Like, it's just watching somebody and like they're doing show business talk. Right. Yeah. And like talking about like all these different things and and a guy that may or may not be a beastie boy um talking to her about like doing different hip-hop beats mm-hmm. and and stuff like that um and and then like i mean i'm sure like bob has been at a million of those tables yeah where they have to talk about like showbiz talk and all these people being all excited and it's like those are the worst like it's just these people that just like hate everybody that's around them um and and just like and understand that like all of this is empathy um and they're looking for connection and we're looking for some sort of meaningful thing which is why like she's going to shrines and things like that and she's crying because she doesn't feel anything from them it's because she doesn't feel like she belongs anywhere like she thought that this would be something that could be fulfilling to her and is not that is very true sorry i'm just looking up who directed the intergalactic video Oh, that is under a pseudonym. Um, it is, it is, it's Yuck, I think. It's Adam Yuck, but under like Sir P.A. Penny Baker or something, like some <laughs> weird pen name. Sorry, I just got distracted for a millisecond. Yes. Oh, that's fine. Uh, Spike Jones directed the Sabotage video. That's the one he directed. Okay. Yeah, I knew he one. directed so- one of them. I was like, Ugh, but then you mentioned it and I was just like, wait, did he direct Intergalactic? Because they did actually film it in Japan in the, early, yeah. the late 90s. And I was like, oh, yeah. so um, I uh, I read Kim Gordon's book, mm-hmm. um, which is um, she's in Sonic Youth. OK. And uh, so she has a scene where she talks about being in Japan with a newborn baby and hanging out with Sofia Coppola and one of the BC boys. <sighs> and she's okay. there doing like a photo like a like a oh and they're there doing like a like fashion week or something oh my god with a newborn baby okay yes yeah that's the one Coco. thing I ne- that's the one thing i never under like they showed like rihanna going to fashion week all big bellied and half naked and <laughs> you mean the, sh- the goddess the first person to ever have a baby in the world yes, <laughs> of the world of the world um and she's just like there in heels and i'm just like i don't even know i can't stand on heels without extra weight on my body i don't know how you're doing this but like just tipping over this is the thing yeah. i don't understand yes i i think she has a team that <laughs> is make sure that she doesn't fall over <laughs> they airbrush all the wires out all the, that it's a, it's, she's actually a marionette right now They're yeah just like keeping her up she's yes. in the new doctor strange they just put her in there <laughs> she flies around love it yeah um uh, yes yeah so anyway so yeah i I did write that that was one of my few notes it's like is that one of the beastie boys (laughs) right um i don't even have any and i think that's her like fred so like that seems like it's probably not cool for her to like portray him that way (laughs) asshole (laughs) um i did oh no i couldn't find out what it was but i think it was snl because there's a couple of like his movie clips that come up throughout the movie because he's like, you know, coming across like his old yeah. movies and stuff. Oh, I, I um, looked that one. I looked one up or I, I read one. Did I write it down? 
Oh, oh yeah. Matthew's best night t- best hit TV. That's the one with the monkey. No, isn't no no no. That is that is not what that is. What? Because stupid that, Reddit. God damn it. <laughs> no, I was looking up too, and it kept saying that. But on this disc, there's a special. Um, there's a like a featurette thing, hmm. and the Matthew's best TV thing is the Japanese talk show host. Oh, they okay. actually show like his appearance on the show on it. That's what that is. Oh, oh, okay. Uh, because I kept, because I kept looking at it that kept coming up and I'm like I know for a fact that's not what it is yeah so yeah but there was one thing where they were saying like they think it's a clip from several movies and like one clip is from uh what movies did they say oh one clip was from actually uh SNL and then a random monkey clip and then a random car chase clip and I was like fair enough so that because it's not like a real movie it's just right like, you know, I, I tried to also find out what the samurai movie that he watches for like three seconds. Was. Yeah, yeah, I didn't Couldn't find, that, find either. that either. No, it looked like it was could have been a Kurosawa, but that could have just been me going like they probably it, used a Kurosawa. <laughs> <laughs> it's black and white and it's samurai. Kurosawa. Yeah, no, yeah. there's a million of them. I shouldn't say that it was probably that, but it looked like it. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> Possibly. Yeah. yeah. Um, the other thing I noted noted is is one thing I remember in Japan that used to drive me crazy was uh, so her smoking indoors. I was mm-hmm. just like, oh, because that's not a thing anymore. Um, but while I was in Japan, people never smoked outside. Yes, they have. Yeah. There's 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 places you walk into. Yeah, um, but not not just places. <laughs> well, when I was there, it wasn't pods. It was just like. If you're in a restaurant or if you're in or oh, okay. you're walking in a mall or whatever, you smoke indoors because that's where they have the receptacles for like your butts. Because finding cigarette butts on the street was like disgusting. Like it was yeah. like the worst thing ever. There were not any cigarette butts on the street. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. No. I don't like they keep that city so clean and there's no garbage cans anywhere. No, no, that's yeah. true. I had to hold my garbage for such a long time. Yeah. Um, no, that when I remember going around in like train stations and stuff, and there would be like a room you go into, and that's where all the smokers were. And mm-hmm. it was just like, oh, that's so gross. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's so much grosser to me than like yeah. smoking in general. Just being in a room filled with smokers. Yeah. Oh. Well, you're surrounded by smoke. Everybody else is blowing smoke on you. It's just everywhere and in everything. You're just like, Ugh. Yeah. No, no, that's not. I'm, I'm really happy. I never picked up that habit. Yeah, me um, too. but uh, yeah, no, just yeah. It's crazy when you remember that you, people used to smoke inside. I remember people smoking at the mall, like oh, walking yeah. around the mall smoking. Yeah. Yeah. Walking that's around. insane to me now. Yeah. Like imagine seeing a person smoking inside now. You'd be like, what the fuck is that guy doing? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the thing that drives me crazy about vapors. Like I would be on like the subway or something and some kid just smoking a vape and I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, I fully, I am one of those people now. I don't know if this makes me old or not, but I will try and be like, no, no. I have done that before. I have gotten scowled at, but they stopped. Just saying. I really want to just be like, what are you doing? Like, I don't even want to be like, tell them to stop. I just want to question them. <laughs> like, like, what's going on in your mind? Why aren't what, you wearing is, headphones? What is what is this? What <laughs> yeah. is happening here? Well, I want to critique their whole deal. Yes. Like, I don't want to just be like, no, you're doing something. I don't want to hit them with a newspaper. No. I want them to question their existence. <laughs> I want to I want them to go like, why am I like this? 
I want them to I want them to feel what I feel for one second. Yes. <laughs> you see this? You see how you're feeling the horrible yeah. and uncomfortable about this? This is what my happens? life. <laughs> Welcome yes. to me. Um so talking about uncomfortable things. Mm-hmm. So so um I think I'd mentioned to you there was a there was a connection in this movie that I thought was really interesting and hilarious. Um so there's a part where Scarlett joins in She's on a, 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 a train going somewhere and she's standing beside a guy who's reading a manga. Yes. Um, but it's like a naked girl and she's like, oh, yep. yep. that's Ghost in the Shell. Oh, that's fun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so and as I, you know, I've seen about played... 10 minutes of that movie. Lots of boobies. Yeah. It's, <laughs> uh, but she also played the character in like the. Oh, right. I forgot one. she's in that. I already yeah. made a joke about it, too. Exactly. I'm so stupid. <laughs> Um, so I was just like, haha, that's really funny. So that, that's I meant I've seen the cartoon. I have not I have not seen the live action one yeah, um, at not, all. It's not good in any way, shape, or form. Yeah. Like no, I'm sure not. I mean, visually, it's visually stunning. It's a very pretty and electric-y looking and all that kind of stuff, but they chop up the story so bad that it it's just no. Doesn't. I haven't seen I my anime knowledge is terrible i have not seen i've seen maybe half of akira and maybe the first 10 minutes of ghost in the shell yeah um i've seen a bunch of miyazaki's but i don't consider those to be anime Mm -hmm. um those are just cartoons um or animated films that are touch my soul um but uh yeah no and like what what's what are the other like big ones like neon genesis evangelion yeah (laughs) whatever (laughs) that that whatever that a bunch of constant whatever that bunch of syllables uh, in a row is then there's the the one with like the weird giants in it what's that one called oh um, uh demon slayer oh no uh no. that's another one that's popular uh attack on titan yes attack on titan that one i've never watched so i don't like i just keep seeing like pictures of like this giant thing that has no skin and i'm just like Whoa. right uh that's what i think about it yeah i um i am not an anime person um, as a white person that went to Japan, though, I think everybody thought I was <laughs> like, I'm pretty sure every Japanese person subs like that guy's a pervert. It's <laughs> <laughs> a cool place to go. No, I'm sure I did see some dudes and I'm like, that guy's super in anime. I know it. <laughs> I know that that dude's super in anime. That's why he's here. He's yeah, yeah he's here with me and yeah. looks like me. <laughs> fucking pervert. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I don't know what people thought about me. I don't know. It's fine. Uh, yeah, no, I used to be into anime in my teens and I kind of gave up on it really quickly. Well, actually, not really that quickly. It was like five or six years I was into it. But I think the type of storytelling just kind of like pushed me out of it really quickly. Um, yeah, but everything I've heard is that it is bonkers town. Um, yeah. yeah. Like, and like uh, I've I've seen the ones that are like those are like the main state that are like the like really good cinema ones, mm-hmm. uh, like Akira is very high regarded, right? Um, yeah, I don't like that movie. You don't like that uh, one? Okay. No, no. I like that I, it took place. It takes place in like Neo Tokyo, twenty twenty one, or whatever, or twenty twenty. Uh, yeah, no, it's twenty twenty, yeah. and it's twenty twenty, and the Olympics in Japan have been canceled, and that is exactly what happened. So oh, that is weird. Uh, it was very very odd. I put that on by chance on New Year's Eve of 2020. 
No. <laughs> I did. I, I I was like, oh, you know what? It's it's just after midnight. I'll put on uh, you know, I'll put on a cura, see what that's like. And it's like the setting is just like Neo Tokyo 2020. I'm like, that's now. <laughs> yes. That's tonight. <laughs> I know. It's crazy. <laughs> Well, it's the same with like uh, Blade Runner or whatever, right? Where it like yeah. takes place in like 2015 or something. Uh, 2017. Takes place 2017. There yeah. you go. Yeah. Um, like, hmm. I love that the sequel to Blade Runner, Blade Runner 2049, is the future from the other one. Yes. Wait, no, it doesn't hold on. change things around. Hold on. No, I'm incorrect. Yeah. The first one takes place in 2019, but the replicants. Uh, they were born in 2017. That's what there it is. you go. Boom. Oh, right. Because they're 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 reaching their their terminal age. terminal date. Yes. Right. That's right. Right. Yes. Oh, God, that movie's good. Um, <laughs> but what's funny but no, about I, that I, I is love that, that they keep in all the old corporations for the new one. And so like did. Pan Am is like there. And I'm like, that hasn't existed in 20 years. <laughs> you don't know. Years. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, one thing I did love about that movie, is the 2049, is that they really paid attention to the original and the visual representation of the new space makes sense. Like they didn't they didn't forget yeah. the originating material, like tone wise, visual wise, sound wise. You're like, no, this actually feels and look like a continuation of that movie. And they were able to get Jared Leto. Wow. Ugh, yeah. I when he came on screen though, I wanted to punch him. I, like, no, I think that's most people's reaction when he does anything. Yeah, that is a real problem with him these days. Just yeah, like, everyone's like, get him in a room with Ezra Miller. Oh God. Let's get these two together. Oh I I mean, I started like the the first thing I saw Ezra Miller was uh, we need to talk about Kevin and he has creeped me out ever since. Yeah. And I was recently starting to soften seeing him in public and doing stuff. And now this and I was just like, I was right. I should have. No, mm. I mean, I'm not evil. I won't throw things at him or anything and be like, oh, you killed your sister in that movie with a bow and arrow. But oh, OK, I was like, wait, did I not hear any Ezra Miller things today? Did he murder somebody in Hawaii <laughs> no. at a karaoke bar? No, he probably punched somebody else. Yeah, I don't know, I don't know what's love, up with that, dude. I love the karaoke scene in this movie. Yes, I think that karaoke amazing. scene is so good. And he mm-hmm. sings uh, that the Roxy music song uh, uh, more than this, yes, uh, more than this which yeah. is which I, which is sort of the like the theme of the movie, right? Like it's it's just this moment. That's all that there's nothing else like mm-hmm. in the world between between. So I, I that's a, another little fun, sweet thing. Yeah, but I also think it um I think it is a reminder to the people in the film that um you don't always have to think about the past or the future, yeah, like live now kind of thing. Yep. And you can find joy in that. Yeah, you know that moment. Yeah, and that's what it is, and that's why I I think that the ending, which is quote unquote a sad ending, because they don't end up together. I think that it's not sad at all. I think it's I don't a, think it's sad it's, at all. No, I I think it's like that they they've sort of acknowledged that their time is done, but what they had together was great, and mm-hmm. I think that's a really great way to end it. Right? Yes. Like it's it's sort of like um, it's there. This is all that we wanted to have. Like yeah. we just had we had each other for this period of time and that's all we can hope for yeah you got to go home sometime right kind of yeah thing? yeah yeah 
Um, and you don't have to go, you don't have to change your whole life for a person you met four days ago. Like, yeah, that's one of the things that also drives me crazy about a lot of romantic comedies. You're just like, I just met you. I love you. Let's do this crazy big thing together. So um, actually, what the f- now that I say that the funny thing is, is that like while I was in Japan, both of these situations happened in uh-huh. like my friend group. Um, so like this, this one girl, we were out and she met this guy, they went on a date, blah, blah, blah. There was not, no sex or anything involved and they really liked each other, but he was there for, it was like his second to last day in the country. And, you know, she was, she was still staying in Japan and they're like, I guess you're going home. He went home and that was it. And like, they're like, they had a really great time. It was a really great memory. And, you know, she loves it, but that's very sweet. It I was, think that's a very, it's a it, pretty story. Yeah, it's very sweet. But also, another girl in my friend group um, <laughs> met a guy in my friend group. They got together, and she moved to Australia with him. It, oh. it, it happens. Yeah. Have you seen uh, the Before Trilogy? Uh, like Before Sunset, Before Sunrise. And right. Before I've Midnight the, is the last one. I've, I have not seen Before Midnight. I did see the, the other two. Yes. Okay. You should, first of all, you should see that one. It's a really okay. interesting coda to that story. Well, because don't they have in that? Well, it's been a while, so I've seen things. But don't they have like? Don't they end up getting together and have kids and stuff in that one? Uh, the, I mean, they already have. Okay. Uh, that's not like um, uh, they've already like at the beginning of Before Midnight, they have two children and have been married for for a while. For a while, right? Yeah. Okay. Sorry, spoiler for everybody to <laughs> that movie. Um, but it's it's another one of these ones. It's very talky. Um, it's all talk they they walk around and talk to each other that's the whole movie that's the whole that's all three movies um (laughs) it's three movies where they just walk around and talk it's another one though that i just like i swoon over like Mm -hmm. because it's so uh so so romanticized in such a not real way um but uh yeah it's 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 a similar kind of thing where it's like they met each other in one night and they had this wonderful night together uh they do end up hooking up on that first night but uh Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, anyway, it's a cool if, if you're into kind of a little bit offbeat romantic comedies, that is definitely up, well, up I, I think alley. the reason why people romanticize that one so much is because they don't like, yeah, they get it on and stuff, but they don't change their lives for each other. And they're like, you know, on a half chance, let's meet here again in a few no. years. I'm like, okay. But then yeah. they're more mature and they have more options and they can do more things and then they figure things out after that, right? So yeah. it's not. It's well, not, at the end of the second one, he's yeah. definitely he leaves his wife. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's kind of a bad thing. Oh. No, no, I mean they're not great. Like a lot of these things, like they're not great. Like mm-hmm. I mean, Bill Murray cheats on his wife in this. Um, I mean, she seems like a real piece of work, though. So, um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, but I'm you just, also <laughs> I'm just making a joke. Well, they really they did not treat her very well at all. No, they didn't. <laughs> No, but no, what you're saying is correct, because while I was watching it, I was mad at his wife. But at the same time, I was just like, but these are the only small interactions you see with the wife. So you can't really form a proper opinion about her. Yeah. But you've you've spent so much time with Bill Murray's character that you like him. And you're like, why is this bitch being so so bitchy? Yeah, really, you really shouldn't feel that way. Yeah, I don't know if I felt that she was being bitchy. Um, I felt that she just doesn't like him. (laughs) <laughs> like and yeah. it's sort of just like yeah i don't really like each other very much um uh, like honest, she stopped saying i love you to him on the phone yeah. and 
all, all the little like sounds like it must be nice. Like but a lot of that kind of stuff. To be honest, I actually think she is Scarlett Johansson's character in a few years work being with a husband who leaves her alone all the time. Yeah, I can see that. You know, oh, no, like, that's totally true. I, I don't think that had Bill Murray and, and Scarlett Johansson run off together, uh, which A, would have been a terrible ending for this movie. Terrible. Um, and would have amplified the the ick factor by like a thousand. Yeah. Um, that I don't think that they would have been happy together. No. They could barely no. even handle four days together. They had a no. huge fight in the middle of it. <laughs> that is very true. Uh, also, he offers her one of the greatest burns. Like when she was like, she like was making passive aggressive jokes about him being with the. Uh, the the lounge singer and he mm-hmm. says uh what was there nobody else to lavish you with attention <laughs> yes oh <laughs> so it's such a good twist of the knife like it's yeah. just right under the rib mm-hmm. well i think that's also why she wants to hang out with him because he will yeah. he pays attention to her like he, well that's what and that's, that's and that is for. i think what he's doing too it's i mean not in like a i don't want to sound like a like i'm defending a, a dirty old man or anything, but like a pretty lady paying attention to you is nice. No matter what happens from it. Like it's, it's a, it's a nice ego boost when somebody attractive is, is interested in you, not necessarily in like a sexual way, but just shows yeah. you tension. Yeah. Um, People just yeah. being nice to you and, you know, doing stuff for you is great. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I, I don't know. Like I just, I just do find these two movies to be really interesting. Um, I, I do have one last note to say. Sure. Um, about the music in here, which I found very interesting. Um, in Lost in Translation. In Lost in Translation. Uh, I don't know. I don't even know if it's interesting or if I just like this fact. Um, or it's not even a fact. It's just like if you if you know James Bond and you know a song, then you know this thing. Um, because earlier on, um, when he's doing the photo shoot or mm-hmm. the the video or whatever, and they're like, oh, James Bond, you know, do Roger Moore. Yeah. Like that part. Um, but at the end of the movie, uh, Anna Ferris's character is singing Nobody Does It Better in the Lounge. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which that's is a, the theme a... song from The Spy Who Loved Me, which starred Roger Moore. It's true. Uh, I've, I've speak. Yeah, I, I've actually been watching a, a few Roger Moore movies the last few days. Okay. Uh, I watched Live and Let Die today. Uh huh. And um, if we thought that the cultural representation in this movie was problematic, oh, uh, yes. oh boy. Yeah, the, you don't shocking. like the New Orleans um, voodoo drug lords. You don't. You know. I like the I liked the New Orleans funeral. I yeah. thought those were cool. <laughs> the the voodoo stuff though. Oh my god, offensive. offensive like, whoa. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not cool. Anybody. There's so much in that that's just insane. So, but like, the- I, going into this conversation, I was kind of like, yeah, it's not that, though. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> but the, the, the thing that I also find offensive about it is the fact that you have these, like, super black people in New Orleans um, who, who have this, like, voodoo culture. Um, that they're they're using to drug run and the person who uh what's what's her name in it um uh oh my god which the, which one are we talking about the solitaire uh, solitaire um the other uh, who, the only other white person like, yeah, oh, yeah is the white lady is like the is like the person who tells them their future and shit i'm like 
Wouldn't she get like a black lady for it? But I guess they couldn't have yeah. Roger Moore making out with a black woman. So he does he not? Yeah, he beds the 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 double agent though. He 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 sleeps with the black lady in that movie, I think. Oh yeah, but she gets killed and she's a bad guy. Oh right? yeah, no, yeah, yes. okay, yes. Oh no, every it. every person of color in that movie is a bad is a, guy. Yes, is a bad person. It, it is it is <laughs> it is rough. But also, um, she was uh, Jane Seymour. That's her real name. Um, she was super young when she made that movie. I think she was like nineteen Wait, or twenty. Is she or that one, or is she in the ne- another one, or is she no, in two? No, in Live and Let Die. Is she is Solitaire Jane Seymour? Yeah. Oh, I didn't. I, I didn't know. think that that was the case. I, I did not, not recognize her. I thought she was in the other one, uh, Spy Who Loved Me. No, she's she's Solitaire. Oh, okay. I, I'm coloring correct. It is, yeah, okay. I I thought I was wrong for a second. I'm like, no, I'm pretty sure that was JC. Oh, I very could be. I know she is definitely is one. I I I get the Roger Moore ones confused so okay. much. I don't like them. Uh, <laughs> I don't like any of the Roger Moore movies. I've tried several times. Well, my problem is is that all of his like so he's older than Sean Connery. Yeah. But all of his Bond girls are younger. Ugh, in no. any of the previous ones they feel a lot creepier too for some yeah. reason well because um, there's there's the one with like the the rich girl he's trying to save who's like a snow princess but she keeps trying to sleep with him and she's supposed to be like 17 and you're just like oh i don't remember that Ew. like it's it's very it's very gross. yeah i mean i was i was saying to a friend of mine i think that the roger moore ones are worse in terms of like representation of of gender and of uh race uh, and he was like, "It's a toss-up between Connery and Moore," yeah. and I'm like, "No, I think the Connery ones are just so explicit about it yeah. that it's easy to be like, well, that's wrong." Yeah. Um, but in the Roger Moore ones, it feels like they're trying to have it both ways, and, and that it feels work. much more nefarious to me. Yeah. Like it's like all these these women are these these secret agents and are totally competent, and then every time they're like, "Oh, James, no!" Like they're just so <laughs> passive. And and incom- and terrible at their job, yeah. but they're supposed to be like these equals to him. But they're like, oh no, yeah. But he yeah. also just like shoves them aside and smacks them, and they're just like, oh I'm yeah, he done. hits a lot of women in those ones too. A lot of women. <laughs> yeah, it's. I mean, Connery weird. hits uh, hits his fair fair, fair share as well. Yeah, <laughs> um, on and off screen, um, but um, <laughs> uh, he's dead. He's not going to come after me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> He said it on TV. Yeah. Well, you know, that's how you keep you. That's how you keep them in line. Yeah, sometimes they need a good smack. That's yeah. right. Yeah. Yeah. Great guy. Great guy. Great guy. Yes. I heard he's super cheap, too. Um, <laughs> I never heard that one, but sure. I, yeah. I have heard that he lives up to that stereotype. Um, <laughs> Lived with a D. That's correct. Yes. Outlived by several of his bond ladies. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I mean, uh, just kind of finish up. I mean, I, 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 I spent a good chunk of my watch of Lost in Translation trying to Shazam a song that is played in the background. Uh huh. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I did that for uh-huh. a good ten minutes. Um, what's stupid is that if the song plays again during the credits when it was in the credits too, so I could have just like looked it up then. Yeah. Um, but it was. Uh, Kaze wo atsumete by Happy End. Oh, okay. And I was like, I know that song. How do I know that song? I'm like, oh, it's probably just on the Lost in Translation soundtrack, and that's why I know it. Yeah, and you've um, probably heard it a million times. 
Probably. I mean, I actually, one of the people in that band, I have one of his other, I have a couple of his albums, actually. Mm-hmm. Hiromi Hasono. Isn't is, one yep. of, isn't there like a, like a Japanese band leader dude in this movie who plays like her, her friend or something? Oh, Charlie Brown? I don't know. Yeah. I think I, I was I'm, looking up something that he was like in a, in a band or something. Oh, that'd be cool. Do you know if, if you could look that up, I would be very interested to know. Uh, yes. Um, also, it's have we we've watched more than one movie that goes to Japan where there is a guy named Charlie Brown. Yes, I was actually thinking because there's that exactly. also a Charlie Brown in Kill Bill. <laughs> the funny thing is, the first time I heard him, like, is that the same guy? Was my oh, first that thought. Been, that like, would have been no, amazing. No, if it was the same guy, that would have been incredible. That would have been the weirdest joke. In Kill, because Kill Bill was after, right? Like if yeah. if Quentin Tarantino was like, I'm gonna get the guy from Lost in Translation to play the same character, <laughs> that would have been amazing. Okay, so apparently I read this completely wrong. Huh. Um, his name is um, Fumihiro Hayashi. Mm-hmm. I want to say that's what his name is. Um, as Charlie Brown, he says the singer of God Save the Queen, and I stopped right there. No, oh, okay. it's in the karaoke scene. Oh. He's a longtime friend of Sofia Coppola and her okay. guide in Japan. I just read okay. things wrong. I have to finish so, reading whole sentences. This movie is just about is just about Sofia Coppola in Japan, right? Like, there's no like, there's so little boundary between uh, Charlotte and Sofia Coppola. Well, they like the like she says like the movie is about uh, her relationship with. Um, uh, you've said Spike Jones. Are, Spike Jones, like their early relationship while they were there, and like he was filming stuff and doing stuff, and she was just kind of lost there. So like yeah. that's what the movie is, and I think she just like, you know, I didn't meet some old star, or maybe she did. I don't know, um, but I'm gonna write a story about me being lost in a place. Yeah. So I no, think it, I think it's just her, yeah. And I'm like, I I saw that she, like uh, there was an outfit that Charlotte wore in this movie where it's just like. It's a very norm core outfit, actually, which I was, was it was like a sweater vest and like a, a button up shirt underneath and like pants. Yeah. And I was like, I'm pretty sure I've seen Sophia Coppola wear that exact outfit before. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that like that's just what she wears. Yeah. But, yeah. I mean, like, I think they were. Yeah. I don't have words for that. Never mind. I'm going <laughs> to. Um, but also, I did find the thing about the kiss. It says. Um, it was an in-the-moment ad-lib between the performers. Right. There you go. So, you know, I mean, not great that she was so young at the time, mm-hmm. um, but uh, I, I didn't interpret it as a sex- as a sexual kiss. I thought it was of, a, of an acknowledgement of intimacy um, and uh, caring rather than, um, you know, we're going to bone. Yeah. So I don't know if I thought of it like they were going to bone. I just think it crossed a line. Yeah, I, I mean, it, it did, mm-hmm. but I think it was sort of an acknowledgement. That, like, I, I think I, I said it before that it was sort of like they had already gone too far. Like they had they had emotionally speaking, had an affair with each other already. Mm-hmm. And this was just we're just going to acknowledge that and then leave. Yeah. OK, you know. yeah, I can I can say that. Yeah, it's, there's nothing offensive. There's nothing dirty or, or anything yeah. about it. It was just like, oh, you've got, I mean, you've got I, a certain distance. like I, I, I kind of like. I think this might have been the first time since I know she was so young when she made this that I thought that was going to kind of trip me up a bit more in this. Mm-hmm. Um, but I really like get caught up in it 
um like this like it's just such a emotionally comforting movie to me in a weird yeah. way uh that i sort of i get lost in it a little bit and kind of forget that um but it is definitely something that we should question <laughs> yes yes yeah. um they do it way too often in a lot of films where yeah yeah it's, it's i don't like crazy. it i don't like yeah. it either um, yeah, no, the reason the only reason why I looked it up was because I was just like, oh, she looks so young in this movie was just popped yep. into my head as soon as she came on the screen. And I was like, I wonder how old she was, because I don't think she's that old. And this was like 20 years ago. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, I was right. She was very she's young. she's a little bit older than me, mm-hmm. um, but not as much as I thought. Yeah, she's a little bit younger than me. Yep. Not as much as I thought, though. Yep. True. Um, so. Uh, what are your final thoughts on these two movies? Recommend, don't recommend? Well, I mean, I told some people that I was going to be on this um, and, and reviewing these two movies. And and reaction was, what do those have in common? And I said, well, they both start with L.O. <laughs> yeah. And <laughs> so they were, it was a disjointed experience. Uh, Lost in Translation is one of my all-time favorite movies. Um problematic as it may be it just occupies a very specific emotional space for me um and portrays an emotion that i don't feel is on is in movies as much as it could be um and i think that that kind of feeling that it evokes is very strong to me and i really uh think it does it in a smart and subtle way um and is it is really great uh lord of wars is a bit of a different beast um it is sort of has that kind of aesthetic of like the early 2000s kind of like post um blow post fear and loathing in las vegas kind of thing where like everyone's crazy and like um with like sort of like it has that frenetic energy that like wolf of wall street has where there's like a lot of like crazy camera shots and things like that mm-hmm. um definitely deals with some themes that are interesting we talked about the military industrial complex and stuff, which is, I mean, our conversation, I think made me like it a bit more. Um, but uh, it, it, some of the scripting stuff in there is a little odd. Um, and uh, voiceover narrations usually is a little bit of a crutch. I think it could have been like broken up a little bit more mm-hmm. um, in kind of an interesting way. Um, but uh, yeah, um, kind of does some things that, you know, felt like a, like a, like a pop movie. Yes. You know, and, and dealt with a subject that was a little bit tonally speaking different from that. Yeah, I agree with most of your points. Yes. <laughs> Good, because <laughs> we've been going for like three and a half hours. So I, I hope I hope you're like, yeah, I don't agree with anything you like what you just said. And I'm going to go on this why now. Yes. Um, and <laughs> <laughs> now that we've heard what you have to say, let's hear what I have to say. Yeah, <laughs> I to be honest, like I like both of these movies. Um, they are not movies I will watch regularly, simply because Lost in Translation is a little too melancholy for for me. Like it'll put me in like a mood. Don't want to be in that mood. And Lord of War is a little too um, dark and violent on levels that I'm just like I don't need to be in that space either. Um, but they're both well done films that have aged. Not horribly, but definitely the cracks are showing with where they're. Um, uh, what do I call it? Uh, where, where, yeah, where some blemishes are is sort of yeah. become a little bit more obvious over time. I yeah. totally agree with that. Um, but definite, like film people, people who want to watch like a movie, like a film, like and get like 
you know, good acting and cinematography and design and, you know, good choice in music, even like the soundtracks yeah. are really good for both of these. Yeah, that's um, I did. I did note a couple soundtrack things in Lord of War that yeah. were like uh, either odd or like, oh, OK, there's a Mazzy Star song in here. OK, sure. Yeah, there's the I think the first I forget oh, I should have written that one down. One Her of the song first in songs Lord of in the War, movie, I did yeah. write it. It's a Buffalo uh, Springfield song. Yeah, I heard this. I was just like, why is this here? This seems like it seems odd, but a lot of needle at drops. The same time. Yeah, a lot of needle drops in, yeah. the, in that movie. <laughs> Um, um, but yeah, I, I do recommend these two. But yeah. on, on, on kind of your point about like loss in translation being melancholy, I like it when I'm already melancholy. Like that's yes. that's when it hits like the right moment for me. It's because like when I feel miserable, I can go be miserable with these two idiots at the same time. <laughs> like it's 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 yeah. the misery love company of a movie, which uh -huh. I think is which I am. By the way, that is me. Uh, people love me when they're sad. I am I am catnip for they're sad like, people. Yes, they're like, oh, this guy, this guy knows it. Oh, he's gonna hate the world with me, and it's gonna be great. Uh, anyways, before we get into more tangents, mm. uh, thank you so much for being here. Oh, thanks for having me. As <laughs> always, I always enjoyed it. Hopefully, I didn't say anything too horrible this time. Uh, no, you didn't say anything too horrible, but you did okay, show good. me up on your film knowledge as usual because you're one oh, of <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think I did this time. Uh, <laughs> I didn't go too far. You didn't go too I far. Hope. No, no. Uh, just a couple of things had to be like, mm -hmm. yep. <laughs> just like you did. I'm, I'm just a better actor about it. Okay. I just let, I just let it roll off. Just let it go. It's fine. <laughs> uh, but we'll definitely have you on again because these, these conversations are very long, but they're very fun. Yes. And it, it also gives me a lot more things to put on my list of things to watch. And that oh, list cool. is getting crazy long. It is crazy long. Dude, really that should be like your. You should like if you want to take a break. You should. That's what you should do. You should do those episodes. So like, make people watch the movies that they've recommended to you. Uh, maybe I should try that. Yeah, that might be a good thing. Uh, well, that's it for this episode of Off My Shelf. Until next time, you can follow along on Instagram and Twitter at Oh My Shelf, or you can send an email to OhMyShelf at gmail.com. On the next episode, we'll be talking about Lucky Number Seven and Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome. Hope you'll be here to listen.